Welcome to Burning Yammer, uh, the last episode of 2021. It's the final count. Can we get sued for that thing? It's podcast. Actually, I, just play the claimed, whole song. Claimed WWE owns <laughs> the rights to the fucking song oh, that they geez. don't even own. If I see another fucking WWE claim, I'm going to scream. It's fine. We're never we're never reviewing another WWE show, so it's fine. We're we're no. specifically paid by AEW anyway. We're on the payroll, so it's yeah, not- yeah. No, we're absolute AEW shills at this point. I make uh, millions gotta- of dollars on this podcast. <laughs> no one listens to that I edit. No. Um, we got we got to get that uh that money that like Tronquilo Club gets and everything huh. for being an AEW shill. The higher That'd be rollers. great. Uh, I'm Bert. I'm Anthony. I think I I think my brain literally just said say your name and then I said I'm Bert and then when I said wait a minute am I Bert? <laughs> well that's what this year will do to you even beyond wrestling it will make you question who you are you mean the greatest year in human history oh yeah absolutely that everybody loves no i mean i'll try not to get into uh into 2020 era worst year ever mode because i don't need to deal with that uh it turns out that they're all bad all of the years that ever happened and they get consistently worse, and that's the only thing you can depend on. <laughs> yeah, because of capitalism. But uh, what we thought we'd do is um, mm-hmm. every everybody loves lists. Uh, you oh, go, they love them. They love them. If there's one thing everybody loves in this late capitalist hellscape, it's lists. You know, like uh, lists of. Lists of things you like, you know, you just uh, log on, you see a list, and it's like, I like all of these things, yes. Or things that just get you to, to click through and, and read, like 12 reasons your your wife secretly hates you, or six, <sighs> six of the most racist SNL skits, you know, like, just saying that oh, makes you want to see what the content is, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Kandahar, but yeah, um... <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> bless you. The, the Kandahar, the can, <laughs> the uh, Kandahar SNL skit is the most racist one, uh, by the way. Mm. But yeah, As, I mean, yeah, the one where they literally sing about uh, destroying the innocent lives. That's of the one. Country. Okay, that's the one I was thinking of. But I, yeah, okay, <laughs> yes. Next episode, we'll get more into that list, but. Yeah, I've got a deep dive on that one. It's going to be Todd in the Shadows up in this bitch on that song. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um, but this episode is the best of 2021 episode where we go Woo! over our favorite things and least favorite things for very brief periods. I'm not going to get too, hopefully not get too negative. Yeah, it's, it's rest- the end of the year. Like, we can be a little positive, you know? You know? Yeah, COVID-19 positive. <laughs> we're just wow. everyone's getting positive these days yeah i hear How i hear there's literally stuff? no chance you will not be positive within a couple months uh however i am locked indoors and recording a podcast so i'm fine all of you plebs have yeah to deal no with we're we're in our pod hermetically sealed podcast tubes and we're good yeah we're only making content and because i'm on AEW's payroll i don't even need to work for a living so Oh yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> Tony Khan Tony man Khan pays. That yeah, check. he pays me. So uh, Tony Khan writes the check, and I take it to Cody to cash it because he's the bank. Right. Uh, 
It's, uh, it's that part of the experiment. Uh, uh, he's it, he, yes, show off. Yes, he's in his Cody Rhodes sh- shirt. I'm in my uh, Serena Deep shirt because I have everyone I loves myself. Cody. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into that on the list, maybe. Uh, I've yeah, I would be fascinated if that ends up being on the list. <laughs> but uh, sure. So we have several lists, and then we have some categories it's it's jeopardy <laughs> family feud or something i don't know what the fuck we're doing i mean i thought we'd start i mean the the main attraction is top five wrestlers of the year for each of us see uh, in my opinion i think uh like the wrestlers is an interesting topic but i think like specific matches or the we can do that first that was the other thing we gathered but in that case we can do that second whichever it doesn't matter to me if can you tell i don't have a format in mind we did this last minute it doesn't matter no we never have a format i was woken up at the uh crack of 12 45 uh by by (laughs) <laughs> by Bert being like, hey, would you like to do a podcast episode? And I literally said, I love doing podcasts, yes. I do think it would yes. be funnier if I texted you at midnight 45 to tell you we need to do a podcast episode <laughs> today. Emergency pod. <laughs> yeah, emergency. It's all, The year is almost over, and I forgot. I mean, which, <laughs> like, this was actually a trick. Um, we're actually doing an emergency pod. Gislaine Maxwell found guilty four out of five <laughs> counts. Oh, well, she's dead by the time we release this. Uh, you know. Uh, rest in piss. Dead, <laughs> dead due to Clinton's uh, as is the common <laughs> cause of death for pedophiles. But- See, I honestly <laughs> wish that a lot of stuff would get unsealed because I guarantee that there is mm-hmm. like a one in four chance that if we got mm-hmm. like all the flight logs and were able to compile stuff, there mm-hmm. has probably been at least three wrestlers that went to Little St. James. Sure. Well, speaking of unsealing horrible secrets that nobody wants to know about uh our lists of top five wrestlers for the year yes <laughs> we we need like the trumpet sounds from the end times you know the wrestling rapture has happened and all we're left with is uh the sex pass is there a wrestler with like a trumpet intro does like uh uh miro oh sure that's a good one yeah don't insert that here, though, because we'll get copyright claim instantly. <laughs> God. <laughs> By the company that's paying us, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I will start with with a spoiler ahead of time. Mm-hmm. On at least, okay, on any of my lists, I have a one WWE thing. So, and you could probably, oh. you probably already know what it is, but we're not there yet. So, but on my wrestlers... Nope. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'd understand, and, and, and no, I'm getting ahead of, you know, the game, but I mean, if that comes up, that's fine. There are good WWE wrestlers. The talent is not to blame for any of that business. Yeah. Talent uh, is fine. Yes. Uh, but I don't really watch it. So that kind of makes it difficult for me to be like, Roman Reigns was the bre- was the second, third, whatever. I don't watch him. So I'd have no I... idea. Uh, I have watched probably six times the amount of WWE that you have because sure. you love yourself. 
Oh, no. Um, and I can say that for the most part, even on the stuff where people were like, wow, this is really good, it yeah. is a wasteland. Like, yeah. I'm going to make people very angry right off the bat, and oh, cool. like, um, you know, Get like... clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> One of the matches that was like, you know... Uh, suggested to me uh, hundreds of times, and they were like, oh, this is an all-time, was the um, Sasha Banks versus uh, uh, Bianca Belair. Yeah. Now, I love Bianca. She is Same. from Knoxville, Tennessee, um, mm -hmm. so she is a hometown girl. Um, mm -hmm. I love her. She is also, like, versed in... Marxist black liberation, uh, you know, rhetoric and sure. stuff like that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, and Sasha's I a saw... COVID denier, but go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to get as many people angry at me as possible right now. <laughs> go ahead. But, I mean, I saw the match, and the thing is, the quality of wrestling in the year of our Lord 20 and 21 has gone up so much... Yeah. That I saw it and I said, yeah, if I was like convalescing after um, a sickness that wasn't COVID-19. Right. Uh, sure, I'd watch it. But other than that, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't speak too much on it because I haven't seen it. But um, I know y'all watched it and you were like, hey, anybody who wants to watch this, come see. And I was like, oh, isn't that WrestleMania? That's OK. And then. Yep. uh I was like, well, if everybody swears up and down that I need to see it, maybe I'll watch it after that. And then uh, uh, no I didn't really hear word. it brought up again other than, yeah, that was okay. So to me, that was like, that's fine. I'm not missing anything too crazy. Now, again, I do have one WWE thing on one of my lists, which we'll get to. Perfect. But so yeah, you want to start with uh, our top five wrestlers? I will gladly start. And then I have a treat. Uh, we'll do wrestlers. And then I have a treat. Okay. Uh, a trick and a treat at the end because it's oh. the new year and Halloween. I don't understand segues. Well, actually, it's October 94th and <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Jesus, it, uh, it's a uh, January. It's it's December 812, 2016 or whatever we're on. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my number five. Best wrestler of 2021 yeah. may surprise you, okay. as well as many other people, All right. because I would call them a dark horse on the list. Uh, it's War and Horse, that, right? Nope. <laughs> that is uh -huh. the Bastard Pack. Oh. Mm. Now, oh. honestly, if I could totally see people making the case to not put Pack on the list, but me personally, I have. Many different criteria for deciding who my favorite wrestlers are, and it's not empirical at all or sensible. But <laughs> you cannot measure time, it in wrestle molecules. Exactly. I can't be like, how many title defenses did they have? How many matches on to, you know, like I'm not. And also, I don't do like the PWI thing where it's like, that's kind of the same thing. Oh, is God, how yeah. much TV time did they have? I don't have time for that. Yeah, so, how many Puck, grapple, I believe... grapple carbon molecules did they produce? Yeah, it's... <sighs> yeah. I do think Pac was a victim of uh, general COVID-slash-Visa yeah. weirdness. So, he was not on TV for a decent portion of the year. 
But my thing about Pack is every time he's on my television screen, I love what he is doing. Uh, He is a monster in the ring. He is, I think, underrated promo wise. Uh, I think his character is awesome and kind of, I would say underutilized, but it's the fact that, again, he's been out of action and they can't bank on him. So it's kind of like you have to downplay it a little bit. Had a really excellent triple threat for the title that I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. have forgotten about because so much has happened. Honestly, I think... I think if 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 we were in a different time and place and things weren't so wacky, he would be at the top of the pile easily. Yeah. As it is, I think he kind of ends up being an, a very very good afterthought. Uh, but I love him to death enough to put him. Yeah, he is absolutely a victim of not only getting trapped in various COVID lands, but also. Um, like, and this is a criticism that you can level against um, the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of, you know, at the end of the year pulled it out with, you know, their very good matches. Yeah. But, you know, if it, with, with the whole Death Triangle thing, if it wasn't Pac being locked in, on Turf Island, um, it was Ray Phoenix uh, or Penta being held up due to travel restrictions in, Me- in Mexico. Yep. And the thing is, like, with the exception of one match, which Pac was just kind of thrown in, um, because of, like, you know, Ray Phoenix, um, not being able to make it his way earlier, with the exception of that one match, every time he's been on there, he has absolutely captured the television screen. Yeah, and I thought he was even great in the beginning of the Cody experiment, um, at Full Gear, where the entire match was blind tags. I was like, wow, if Pac wasn't in this match, I think it would be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, no, Pac elevated that match and made it good. So, yeah. wow, yeah, no, Pac, I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, so who is your number five? So, I'm at, my list comes with a few caveats. There mm-hmm. are four people that absolutely deserve to be in the top. But... They're not all hook, are they? Because I, I will... <laughs> shut off the podcast no 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 um and and the four the four people that i'm uh talking about they just deserve their own place they're kind of a given and so i didn't list them and that is hangman um for excellent storytelling and putting out uh, a five-star match um that you know brian danielson duh Mm -hmm. Uh, Kenneth Omega, <laughs> duh. duh, yeah, um, and um, uh, da, 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 da. punk, oh, punk, yes, punk, yeah. I was gonna say um, it's, it's probably the other sensible one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. love them. There's nothing against them, but um, as we all know, these lists, uh, you know, spaces on lists, they're at a premium, so you know, yes. they just gotta kind of sit off to the side. Also, to go along with that, which which hopefully doesn't spoil anything on your list, I did not put Brody Lee on my list just because I love Brody to death, but it doesn't love make it. sense for my list personally. I mean, dude's dude was amazing, and I love that how it, the, everything is gone this, with what happened. But uh, yeah. this is a time bending moment uh, for mm-hmm. me, but 
Brody died last year, right? Or was it at the beginning of this year? I believe it was... Oh, wait, you might be right. Oh, no, was it this year? I think it was. There has been ten years it jam-packed like Let me get scene. you the exact... Uh, I believe oh. it was, like, literally the end of... You might be right. Oh, yeah, it was December 26th last year. Okay, so literally okay, okay. four days ago last... like. Yes. Okay. Oh, so, God. yeah, Doug. So I'm fine. I, I got bailed out, but and bad Look. on me for forgetting that. But there, there's been so much because it was right at the end of the year. This was kind of the year of everybody talking about Brody and and coming to terms with that. So, uh, moving on, mm-hmm. as you were saying. Yeah. So you know, with that, you know, list space being at a premium, I did not include them. So my number five mm-hmm. might surprise, like. You might think about it for a sec, but it probably won't surprise you. Okay. Daniel Garcia. Okay. Interesting. Every every time that man is on screen, Mm -hmm. he makes the most of it. Mm -hmm. He is good beyond his years. Like, and he blends a style that I really like, which is like hard hitting, but grappling technician Mm -hmm. that is just captivating to watch. Yeah. Like, he is like a grittier version of Zack Sabre Jr., who is an excellent wrestler. Okay. And seeing, you know, his semi-world of sport, yet realistic MMA stuff is great. Mm -hmm. His feud that he's doing with uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, you know, one, Eddie is elevating it, because Eddie wants to kill him. Yes. Like what As he Eddie, is wont to do. That is his yeah. natural behavior, is to want to which kill a, people. <laughs> which, as a throwback to the pod, um, mm-hmm. you know how we've been talking about, you know, Jumbo Saruta and Genichiro Tenryu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you standing across... <laughs> standing across in these six-man tags, and, like, you can just see the JoJo tension lines happening, yeah. the menacing. Yeah. And Eddie and Daniel Garcia are doing that. I want to see them wrestle a full match. I want yes. to see I want to see them kill each other. And so yeah. Daniel Garcia is absolutely someone that I think we have to keep our eye on and he has done nothing but impress me. Yeah, that's I think that's a very good pick. Uh it wasn't in top consideration for me only because uh, you know, it's really funny. We watched Dynamite last night, and mm-hmm. I would say in a match that I wouldn't say underperformed because the, the workers performed, but the the booking for it, it did kind of smack a WWE for me. But a little bit most important because it was a mechanism to get storylines across and have people get in each other's way. But for me, uh, that was the first match I saw with Garcia where I was like, okay. This dude is is one of my dudes now because it I think for me ring performance wise he was I always loved the dude like I thought he was great in ring I really like kind of the aspect of his gimmick where he treats the wrestling seriously I I saw him on Twitter a few times like they would play like a clip of him getting beat up or losing a match. He'd be like, the reason I lost is because I didn't put this hold in exactly like, and I'm like, that's really cool. I wish people would do that more often. Mm -hmm. But for me, his personality was, was not (coughs) coming across as strongly 
un- and also he wasn't booked ideally until last yeah. night when I saw him like having that kind of f- fire to him and I was like oh okay I I love this dude now like and we're getting luckily with 2.0 we're getting to a place where it's like he's not going to lose oh. all the time they're not injured shout out to 2.0 they're yeah they're oh, very God. good too but um yeah I can see that uh it's I think he is he was always good, but he's blossoming now, which is great. Yeah. Um, so good pick. So number four, uh, probably will not surprise you because okay. I'm a mark. I considered Brit for a brief period, and Brit is sensible. Brit is high on my list, but uh, number four is Serena Deeb for me. Now, ah. Oh. You have oh, to understand, I'm wearing her shirt right now, so I'm a huge Serena Mark. Now, the thing I will say, as as you had caveats, I have caveats here, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Serena did only work, like, 13 matches this year. And some yeah. of, and a few of them are, like, NWA power and, and not AEW, mm-hmm. where they're, like, dark matches. And the thing is, though, like, she was injured, and it's tough. My my thing is, though, is when I think of women wrestlers that I took seriously this year and who were like really stood out and made the business something different. It's like her and Brit and there's other people up there, too. But those are like the star performers for me. And the thing is, is Brit has had more matches and she's a star, but she doesn't like. She, until Riho here recently, she has not had a credible contender. Yeah, and I think I think Britt, on, to be perfectly straight, is better on the mic than Serena, although Serena is great on the mic. It's just, Britt is like next level promo to me. Uh, I, I don't know. See, I think it's apples and oranges comparing Definitely. their promos. Yeah, it's not really comparable. They, yeah. they are getting different things about their character across. 100%. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But the the thing is, is like, for me, Serena, it, and the thing I love about, you know, the shirt is the best women's wrestler in the world, women's, is crossed out. She doesn't, she doesn't go in there to wrestle like a woman, to wrestle women. She goes in there to fucking wrestle. And she puts yep. on a show every single time. She, uh, I still remember when they came back to Daly's Place, they had that that oh. show. What what was that show called? I literally can't remember. The Stadium Stampede uh, show. That was, yes. Yes, it was the Stadium. Uh, that was uh, Double, Double or, or Nothing. Enough. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, but the... Yeah, where they were on the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, Serena and Riho. I am so conditioned to a pre-show being silliness or just badness. I, I Sometimes it's honestly good. I, I don't mind pre-shows, but like they usually mm-hmm. don't like it's not something you have to see. It's just some fun to get you. And that performance was just excellent. Like I was like, yeah. she is so great. And I had seen her, like, two times before, and even before that, I was like, she's so fucking good, like, all the time. I don't even understand. And mm-hmm. I, I've i heard talk recently that she is backstage working with the women's division. Oh. And that makes perfect sense to me, because since she has been back, yeah. stuff has turned around. 
And it's not just because she's wrestling, I don't think. I, I think she mm. brings this energy where it's like, the shit is serious. And it, it's not even, I'm not even saying like she goes back there and tells the women, this is what you should do. I think she is an example. Like, I think anybody well, watching you remember her how... matches must be like, wow, she's good. What if I work like that? You know, or just have that. Well, you remember how about uh, three or four episodes ago, maybe, I can't remember, we talked about how the women's division needs an advocate? Yes. Um, Maybe that advocate is Serena D, because she's been in, like, teaching positions before. Like, yeah. she understands, like, what it takes to not only go out there and have a good match, but to teach how to have a match. Because there's a lot of people in wrestling who have no desire or no aptitude to teach. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I love punk to death. I don't think punk could no. teach people. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, it, a thing to me is that every, every match Serena has, I mean, she looks great, but she always makes the other person look better. Yes. Like, than her. She just puts them so over. It's, uh, I mean, I honestly think before her and Sheeta got reignited, I thought Sheeta was kind of languishing because she didn't have like that contrast, that, that person to fight against. And it just immediately gave Sheeta all, I mean, I, she just completely turned around for me. I was like, Sheeta's fucking awesome again. Yeah. Again, not that Sheeta was bad. I love Sheeta too, but Sheeta was another, uh, casualty and the, you know, COVID stuff got yes. locked in Japan, could not have, you know, a lot of matches, and it was just an unfortunate yeah. turn of events. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not to belabor the point, but but for me, for women's wrestling, Serena mm -hmm. has, it, it, even just for me personally, she's been the most important thing this year. So, even gotcha. being out. So, who's your number four in that case? So, number four. Dun, 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 number dun. four. Like a countdown thing. Oh, yeah. God. Um, so, mine, um, I tend to watch a lot more indie stuff than you do. Um, I know who this is. <laughs> Maybe. I'm guessing. Not yet. You okay, okay, how. okay. I have a guess, though. But go on. <laughs> um, and so... Like, you know, one reason that led me to Daniel Garcia is I went back and started watching his back catalog and I understood him a little bit more. And I mean, and this isn't a, a moral judgment or anything like I just mm. like to know where the wrestlers come from. So yeah. this uh, person has uh, done so much in the time of COVID to elevate not only themselves, but the people around them. Mm -hmm. in honestly dire circumstances, and that is the world uh, Pan-African Diaspora world champion, Trisha Dora. Okay. Nice. Tr you know, the Afro-punk Trisha Dora, she is legitimately very good. Um, mm -hmm. She has a technical slash hard-hitting style Yeah, that few people can really like come across uh you know get that across and she's very good also her finishing move she uses a lariat uh mm -hmm. can you guess what the name of her finishing move is 
Uh, Larry Adora. <laughs> that's an <laughs> awful name. I hope that's not the name. Uh, the Lariat Tubman. Ooh, wow. That's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good name, and okay. she kills people with it. I did have another guess, but I'm guessing it's farther up your list. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there later. But, uh, so, yeah. Like, one thing about her that I love Mm -hmm. is, um, so any, like, anyone can, like, come up with their own championship, you know, naturally. Uh Uh, Because it's wrestling and it's not a real thing. So the the thing is that makes the Pan African World Diaspora title different is that they actually, um, went through the process of um, the old NWA-like bureaucratic process. It is a legitimate world title that holds, like, a sports lineage, similar mm-hmm. to the NWA title. Yeah. Um, and Trisha Dora is the first, uh, you know, champion, world champion, and, you know, she has held it for a long time. And it's taken on people like, you know, Jordan Blade, uh, you know, uh, Sugar Dunkerton, uh, who is very good. Um, another indie mm-hmm. wrestler that you absolutely need to keep your eye on. He was Pineapple Pete, if you remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's how I know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, honestly, I kind of like that name more than Sugar Dunkerton, but whatever, <laughs> whatever they want to go with, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Cheeseburger, also a great name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, like, whenever you watch her matches, like, she has this ability to really make you root for them. Like, Mm. when she is um, getting beat up, you know, because she's been, you know, cast as the baby face for most all of it. Um, Right. When she's getting beat, she has this, like, fire and this, like, tenacity. You really feel it coming through on the screen. And, you know, she is just amazing, in my opinion. Nice. Um, Has a look to die for and carries herself like a star. You see her holding the, you know, Pan-African World Diaspora uh, title. um, And it is, you go, that's a star. So that is my number four, Trisha Dora. Nice. I'll have to check her. I think I've seen her on Twitter, maybe, if she uses Twitter. <laughs> yes, uh, okay. she does. Uh, she's sure very po- she's very positive, uh, good follow, nothing but good vibes. Nice. Well, breaking into number three, I'm going to make up for your caveats on your list. <laughs> because, uh-huh, uh-huh. because, honestly, I, I will say, like, there was no way I was putting Punk on my list, even though I love Punk to death. Yeah. It's just not like he hasn't had enough time and enough moments for it to be like that level of thing for me. But number three is the the one and only Kenneth Omega. Um, Now, I, I mean, go. I kind of had to put him here because mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I actually a lot of people probably are like you didn't put Kenny Omega at number one or number two and I have my reasons but um Kenny I mean it's hard to not say it was like I know like this was a long-term year for Hangman Mm -hmm. and that Punk and Danielson kind of put AEW into a new place along with Cole but like I feel like Kenny kept this company 
on top throughout oh. this year. Like he yeah. worked his ass off all year. Uh, there's a lot of tweets going around with end of year stuff talking about how he worked through being hurt. And I mean, I don't really support that. If if you're hurt, please just take time off. But yeah, please. But I don't think it's a case of like Tony forced him to work. I think Kenny just no. loves wrestling so much and loves what he is doing and loves these people. The The thing I will I wasn't as big on Kenny as I thought I would be earlier in the year. Because one of the big sells for me getting into AEW towards the end of last mm -hmm. year was, you know, Kenny Omega's top guy. And I love Kenny Omega. I loved, like, the cleaner yeah. Kenny Omega from New Japan. But he was a heel. And Kenny is kind of cartoony as a heel at times. He's He definitely plays it up in a very over-the-top, goofy manner. But and mm -hmm. so to me originally that was like I don't know how into this I am, but his ring work was pretty undeniable. He he was fantastic all year. Uh, he yeah. And honestly, like I think by the time he got the belts, he got Don Callis. Don Callis was like the right move. Oh. He had the big long intros and the it it, it became like okay, he's really leaned the right direction into this and even when it was a matter of we need stopgap measures for the title like christian i mean they mm -hmm. still had great matches you i mean and that's not a yeah. that's not a that not to be down on christian because that dude has worked his ass off too and he put in a lot for that match but i'm just saying like i don't remember kenny omega having a bad match in 2021 and he had a lot of matches uh he worked yeah a lot as champion um it was i don't remember there being a time being like where's kenny it did not happen that dude was working shows like tv shows doing yeah. the fucking rise of the terminator on a fucking tv show so yeah i kind of had to put him here i i did have my caveats because yeah. i mean it's kind of one it's kind of obvious and two like i said i wasn't huge on him at the beginning of the year um and there are other people i mark for and and appreciate more but you know as far as a solid foundation and a workhorse you cannot look farther than kenny yeah and he's into cupping which is kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm just kidding it but keeps him out of the top spot <laughs> yeah anybody no 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 it it doesn't matter trust me but um yeah God damn got some heat from my brother about deny uh the cup denial <laughs> yeah, just wait till we get to that astrology once we figure out, like, <laughs> once we figure out, like the bunny's oh, a Libra oh, or something, I, I don't give a oh, shit. Oh, Kenny's an Aries. That explains Ooh. it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my number three. Who is your yeah. number three? So my number three. Uh, once again, like once I kind of got the you know four people like that deserve you know praise and accolades out of the way. It allowed yeah. me to experiment a lot more, and this person, every Cody. time... <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of experiment, no, no, Okay, no. you're fine, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, great. Um, uh, this person, every time they were on screen, I wanted to see more, I wanted to see them succeed, uh, it was... Anytime I heard that this person had a match, I was, you know, already going to watch, but I was, like, vibrating uh, with mm -hmm. uh, anticipation, and that is 
Dante Martin. Okay. Fascinating. Every, every time he's on the screen, I'm like, what's he going to do? How's he going to do it? Because it's not... Yeah. <laughs> it's not just that he does these death-defying flips and things. It's while he is in the ring, his slight mannerisms are what really sell it. Yes. Um, And... You know, it can be argued that he doesn't have much of a character outside. Yes, that's true. Uh, but he is so young, and, you know, whenever you're on the indies, unless you're known as a talker, you kind of just have to develop your character in the ring. Mm -hmm. And that he has absolutely done. Yes. And it's all of these little things, then it doesn't hurt that he just defies logic. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, some of the things that he does, like, you know, I would say that he is, you know, in the same realm as uh, Ray Phoenix, um, because, you know, Phoenix gets in there and does things that, you know, just defy belief and explanation. And Dante, I think, was featured quite well in many different things. He fought Kenny at one point in a barn burner. Yeah. Um, took him to the limit and it was excellent. And so, I mean, like nothing but good things to say. And his star is shining bright. Yeah. I think the writing is on the wall for Dante. Like he is clearly destined for big. And, and we were a little worried about what that meant for, uh, Darius, I believe Darius Martin. Mm hmm. There um, is his brother. But uh, I did hear just today, I believe, Tony Tony Khan did a uh, presser where he said, like, we just want to get Darius back. And I think Top Flight has a big future. So, like, yes, I, th he is really pushing that we're not just breaking them up because Dante is a star now. Like, we believe in that kind of thing, which I think is very good. Uh, Top Flight were great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No. Uh, anytime Top Flight was on, I was like. Wow. And also their music banger. Oh yeah. Very good music. Um, so Dante, uh, he's kind of high in my, in my top 10 area. Um, it definitely a dude that like when he is on screen, it's like, you don't even want to blink cause you're going to miss whatever insane no. shit he does. Um, and it's not even a matter of like, there's insane shit like, like, uh, like Mike awesome power bombing, you know, to knock yeah. it through a table like and then there's stuff where it's just like what did he even do how did he do that i think i think we've mentioned before that dante i've literally seen him do this like three times he's just outside the ring and he just does a backflip over the apron through the second and third rope into the ring onto his feet and he just yeah. looks like yeah I, I just did it's it's literally like you took footage and played it in reverse and he just jumped into the ring and you're like and it's not a spot. It's he's not doing a flip onto somebody. He's just getting back in the ring, which is like one of my favorite things that he does is someone will go to give him a snapmare, mm -hmm. and he will flip out of it, take a few steps, and then turn and look at them like they are like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like if he if they build it right and on a grand stage, he does mm -hmm. that to you know a heel that has like real heat with them where the story is building up that's mm -hmm. a moment you put on a compilation like yeah that's a moment you put like whenever aew is playing at the very beginning that's what you put 
Yeah. And he's he's a highlight reel, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Like his whole matches are just highlights, which is nuts. Um I have more to say about him later, but okay. not on my list. <laughs> it's a secret. All right. Uh, Excellent. However, number getting two. down to number 2. My number 2. I felt a little conflicted about this. Mm-hmm. Uh especially being that I don't watch WWE. Um, my number two is Brian Danielson. Uh, now I felt conflicted mainly because I really only started watching him again when he came back at, in what, September, Mm -hmm. uh, around that time, which if you think about it is only three months. It feels insane that Brian Danielson has been in AEW only three months because he is just nonchalantly tearing the place down like every single week and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like i i almost wanted to like mentally in the back of my mind i'm like you know brian danielson's a bit older i've watched him work a long time he has to work with these guys da 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 like i don't know i'll just make up excuses for why it can't be that good, can it? And it's it's literally better every <laughs> single time. The dude just cannot stop. So it's kind of like... It I is have physically to, impossible for him to have a bad Yeah, match. it was kind of just like, oh, I have to put him on the list. Because I just... It, it's, it's a matter of like, again, by my grading, I don't think he would normally... I mean, I love the dude, but it's not like what I typically look for. I just cannot say any, like, I don't know. If you look at it statistically, he's been there three months, and he's had, like, every match has been ludicrously good, which is... Mm -hmm. He even pulled a very good match out of Aaron Solo. Yeah. Like, you know, it kind of went by the wayside, and this is not a dig against Aaron Solo. Unfortunately, I think the albatross that is the factory drags him down. Um, but like he had a great match against against him, yeah. and like it it defied everything because like you you look at it, and I mean it's not a barn burner or anything, but like I would say that that match with uh Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and Aaron Solo, you could put that against like eighty percent of the matches and going on in WWE, yeah, and it's better. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, I can't account for this, but from what I've heard, I mean, he was in WWE at the beginning of the year, and he was pretty damn good in WWE, too. I wasn't watching it, but I'm sure he was one of the better things on the show. Yeah, he put Roman over. Yeah, like, and I'm sure they had a great match. You know, I didn't watch it. And everyone forgets that he put Roman over uh, a couple of years before, but they just acted like, you know, oh, this has never happened before. Well, that was the before times with Roman. And just in general, oh. yeah, like you know, it 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 was a different time and place. This is pretty hard. It was it was a different. He put time. him over, but he wasn't over. Is the problem? Um, yeah. but yeah, Brian Danielson. Uh, you know, there's not really enough good things. Like respect one of the best in the world choice. ever. So you know, yeah. Now, absolutely, your number two, my number two. So. Anytime, uh, you know, this guy is an indie guy, so you know who okay. this is. 
Um, I do, yes. <laughs> That's good, though. Um, yeah. He is so good at self-promotion on uh, just social media and doing things himself. And, you know, he recently uh, had a match with uh, Matt Hardy um, and put mm-hmm. out a, a, a two-and-a-half, like, three-minute promo that, like, Matt Hardy was like, this is amazing. Uh, and that mm-hmm. is Darius Lockhart, the yes. honorable brother, you know, the yes. intergalactic soul. <laughs> um, he is one of the most intelligent and technically gifted people that I've seen. Um, I've actually had interactions with him on Twitter. Uh, granted that helps, you know, my opinion. Of yeah, him. it does help. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hey, n- yeah. Nothing but a kind and, like, motivating person, because, like, I just sent him a, you know, message out of the blue, and I was like, hey, I really like you, you're really inspirational, because I I do believe this. And mm-hmm. call me cringe or whatever, but I believe in being earnest, and, uh, you know, he messaged me back and was just like, that means a lot to me, hey, you're doing great too. And, you know nice. what? But, uh, he has... He put you, you over. Know, <laughs> he put me over. <laughs> but Darius Lockhart, um, you know, once again, he is very much into, uh, reading, like, Black Liberation Theory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his entire thing is, you know, be a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this land is going to change hands, which, you know, I'm honestly a big fan of, you know, the idea of land back because we have to do something to atone for our horrible evils mm-hmm. a- as a country. And so mm-hmm. to see that represented in a wrestler that is technically gifted, like intelligent and cerebral in the ring, like I haven't seen, like, Bert, you love psychology, and Darius Lockhart has yeah, a I go to game the therapist plan. every week. <laughs> <laughs> he but has yeah. a game plan for every opponent, and that plays into the buildup of each match, and it plays into the match itself. Yeah. Um, he's a great talker. He's recently been on a NWA Power which um, the NWA stuff, uh, people rag on it, but it's actually pretty good in my opinion. It's mostly promo heavy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it like has the old school NWA stuff because most of the wrestlers showed up to, you know, the, the TV studio with a little bit of an audience and they talked for the most part. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a match or two. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing but bright stars for him and nothing but an upswing. Also had a good match um, against get... Matt Hardy on Dark the other day. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, like, nothing against Matt Hardy, but Matt Hardy is broken down, and we have to yeah. recognize that. 100%. He's in better shape now than he was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But um, he had a great match against Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy really liked it. And say what you will about Matt, uh, he knows good wrestling. Yeah. Like, that's just the truth. Yeah, totally. So Darius Lockhart is my number two. Um, We're going to go watch some Darius Lockhart eventually. (laughs) Well, that's a good pick. I do think that we probably have the same number one, Anthony. (laughs) Really? 
I'm almost positive. Uh oh. Uh, because uh, my number one wrestler of 2021 uh could be no other person on God's Green Earth than yeah. Edward Kingston. Eddie Kingston. <gasps> Yeah, we did it! We, we did, did it! We, we did, did it! Folks. Oh, Listen, folks! We didn't even know either. I this was not planned, <laughs> but I mean, come on! Like, okay, the thing is, is so like when I looked at the list, it was kind of like, okay, Kenny Kenny kept the company together. Mm-hmm. Danielson just has had literally the best matches of his career one after the other well practically <laughs> he's had a few that weren't like i wouldn't say like you know he had like bowens and that was a good match but i'm just saying it wasn't yeah. like five star classic but it was still great i'm yeah, just saying his like, nick jackson match was no slouch either but you know it will go down as something like an afterthought but still but. the majority of his matches were like unbelievably good so i was like okay well he has to go here but the thing is Eddie Kingston, even mm-hmm. even aside from matches, okay, even aside from wrestling, uh, like everything that dude has done this year has been perfect to me. I don't yeah. think he's capable of doing something I don't like. I guess if like, I don't know, maybe he could stomp on a puppy on. I uh, Honestly, I think if he did it, I might be like, well, wait, maybe that's a good thing. Like I'd was honestly the, try to rationalize. Was the puppy it. evil? <laughs> yeah, maybe it looked at him the wrong way, or it said something about the burrow. I don't know, but you know that that puppy probably bit someone. Uh, I'm gonna wait until the whole story exactly. comes out. But like, okay, you know, obviously in terms of life story, just real life story, the dude is just on the next level. I think he is. The best thing in AEW by a country mile. Every match he has, it's it's like the dude wrestles like he's going to die tomorrow. Like it is his last yes. match every match. It does not matter. He's incapable of like toning it down. <laughs> he does not ever tone it down. His promos. No. Uh, I, this, this guy is in the same uh, fed as MJF, CM Punk. Like Britt Baker, all these people who do otherworldly promos, and I swear to I think he might be better at promos than MJF in my He's book. better. He's better. And he does not like he gets credit, but I honestly cannot oversell Eddie Kingston enough. This entire year and still I am still constantly just like this is my number one dude. I just want him I want the best in every way possible for Eddie Kingston. I, w- I want the man covered in flowers. Yes. I want him. So I have a long, uh, you know, like viewership history with Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. I saw Eddie back in the 2000s, you know, when everyone wrestled in pleather pants and, you know, yes. they looked vaguely like the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've loved Eddie for a long time. And Eddie was one of those people that, like, he kind of, for me, you know, dropped off the face of the earth for several years. Mm-hmm. And then I heard him uh, whenever uh, NWA Power uh, was, like, restarted. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty close to that time. And I saw Eddie 
And instantly I was like, oh, because before, you know, Eddie is a very flawed individual. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that is most compelling about him. Yeah. Because, you know, before I kind of like lost interest slash didn't see him, not to say that he wasn't around because he's always been there, but he sounded bitter and hateful in bad ways, like really negative ways. He was in a dark place. And so I'd kind of written him off to my great shame. Mm -hmm. But then I saw him uh, on NWA power, give this impassioned promo where he was like, I carry around a screwdriver in my pocket Mm -hmm. and everyone tells me, Eddie, don't do that. And I was like, Oh, it's like but a there was something different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was something different in his eyes, though. And it was the look, you know, as someone who is a deeply traumatized person, uh, Eddie, like, hits me in all the right places because he is deeply traumatized and he is, like, stared into the abyss. Not only stared into the abyss, but, like, bucked his chin up at it mm-hmm. because he just has this fire that is undeniable in him and i saw that and i was like eddie's back Mm -hmm. and eddie like you weren't watching at the time but whenever uh cody rhodes uh was doing the open challenge for the tnt title like the previous couple of weeks like warhorse had shown up and like you know good good independent names that i was like okay this tnt title rules and then i just heard eddie and if you haven't seen that promo where he that he cut on Cody before that match, it mm-hmm. was insane. I remember. Yeah, it was other. And yeah, and Eddie has done nothing but show that he has a fire and a passion, not only for wrestling, but for life itself. Like him leading the charge whenever, you know, everyone was, you know, rightfully sad and crying at the passing of, you know, Mr. Brody Lee, um, the speech that he gave, that is a locker room leap, Mm -hmm. not the undertaker, not that piece of shit who loves saying the N word behind everyone's back, but Eddie, Mm -hmm. Eddie leads people. Eddie inspires people. And there's something undeniable about him that I want him to achieve everything. Yeah. Um, I, I remember specifically before I even started watching AEW, uh, I just remembered I had like a a memory about it recently. Um, I used to listen to like the Brian and Vinny show, the F4W stuff, wrestling observer stuff. And they did reviews on at the time what they what you would think, and honestly, this was the appeal of listening to their reviews was a joke fed, uh, the Urban <laughs> Wrestling Federation. Do you remember this? No, I was not tuned into okay. wrestling culture well, at the time. The idea I wasn't either. I, listen, I don't think even Brian and Vinny, I don't think really knew what the Urban Wrestling Federation was before they got <laughs> into it. But generally, it, the idea was like Grand Theft Auto. For wrestling like it's it's all gangs instead of factions and it's of course it's very marketed you can probably guess how it's marketed but the thing was yep. they would review those shows and they were very like low rent 
and they had all kinds of problems, but the wrestling was very good. And okay. I remember specifically, like Tito Ortiz was on there, I think, and they were like, Tito Ortiz is really good on the show. And Homicide was good. Love and then homicide. they very specifically brought up how Eddie Kingston cut this insane promo. And, and, and that to me kind of says like, you know, back in like 2007 or whenever this thing was going on, Eddie Kingston was probably slumming it in the Urban Wrestling Federation, making some money. And he still was just fucking doing amazing promos all the time. He does not. I, I think like this man is just not capable of like giving 10% of slacking off. He just cannot do it. No, because one of one thing, if you remember, um, a lot of people slagged on this, and like the match made a lot mm. of people's worse, which I don't think is fair. I know what you're going to say, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, after the exploding barbed wire uh, death match, uh, you know, we saw the yeah, and you know, Eddie sold it like death. Um, yeah. And the thing is, it, everyone seems to forget the next night, Eddie was like, you know, I had a PTSD attack, you know, this, that, and the other, you know, making an excuse for it. But Eddie said it with such conviction and such, fuck you, I have mental health issues, I don't give a fuck what you think, that I was, I was just like, okay, no, this is fine. This is fine. And him and Mox went on to just tear the house down every week in tag yep. matches. Kingston tear was legit. Tear the house down. He was legit the best thing about that match. And the thing was is, he look, the finish was stupid. Everybody knew it was stupid. But the fact, the fact that Eddie sold for it, you, it, it's, it's like you watched it and you were like, man, he just will not give up on that. Even no. like the face of just obvious failure. He believes in wrestling that much. Like, mm -hmm. he will not <laughs> sell out on it, ever. No. So, yeah, I, I'm i glad we both picked it for number one, because it's like, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, now. Amazing. And he deserves it. You deserve it. Yeah. Um, now, I have a treat. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. in my last minute preparation for this, I called somebody uh -huh. to get their top five wrestlers. <gasps> oh, <laughs> are you serious? Yes, this is Bert's mom's top five wrestlers. Oh, <laughs> the <laughs> only list that matters. Everyone. <laughs> nope. Dave, Dave who? Melts what? No. <laughs> Bert's mom. Bert's mom. I don't even know her actual name. It's Bert's mom's list is the only one that matters. Let's fucking yeah. go. It's like Trent's mom. It's just Bert's mom. Um, <laughs> now. Um, Whenever you leave mind, the house, does your mom give you a little peck on the cheek? She does. I don't live kinda... with my mom anymore. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Selling me out on the fucking podcast. <laughs> well, we're podcasters, so like I sleep in a big bed a with my wife. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sleep in a race car bed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. So keep in mind, <laughs> this is not to slag on my mom. Okay, that's not the point of this. No, your mom is perfect. And well, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but well there now we know about the therapy uh yeah but um keep in mind she only watches aw and she only started watching yeah. back uh when i went to the new york show so that was september 22nd yeah. so it's only been so that's like three three four months yeah it has not been that long 
Um, but uh, number five. Fascinated. <laughs> number five. Well, we have some honorable mentions, which I'll get to at the end. Well, I guess I get to those now. Uh-huh. The honorable mentions are Wardlow, because she thinks Wardlow. Is this for you? Oh, this is her yes, honorable this mentions? This is hers. Okay. Wardlow, okay. She, she thinks he hasn't gotten there yet. But she thinks, like, okay. once once he gets out of the pinnacle, you know, like, basic, you know, yeah. kind of advanced okay. future fantasy booking. Uh, Hangman. Love it. Now, uh, yeah. she likes Hangman, but he hasn't, she hasn't seen enough of him because, yeah, he was out for a while. Yeah, she wasn't there for yes. the entire two-year storytelling. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm also when- kind of questionable. I'm, I mean, I love Hangman, but, like, I need him to come into his own. He's getting there, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, Riho. I I cried when Hangman won, so it's different. That's me. Yeah, but, and then uh, yeah. Riho is honorable mention. Oh, because she likes the way Riho excellent. works, but again, hasn't seen. She's only gotten to see Riho like three times. So, yes, which yeah. may also be true for some of these. Uh, <laughs> number five. Yeah, is Orange Cassidy. Ah, <gasps> yeah, yes. yes. Um, I have notes where she gave them to me, but this is not one of them. But uh, I. I have some trends I saw for this at the end, which I will psychoanalyze as I want to do. Uh, oh no, were all her final uh, wrestlers that she likes people who look like Burt Reynolds? No, they're all uh, they're all uh, Franz Kafka turned into cockroaches. Uh, <laughs> number four is Darby. Hey, which I like. That's a good one. Darby's I mean, had a good put year. out nothing but barn burners and tag matches with Sting. Yeah, like, uh, great. Number three, she was hesitant about this, really, because she doesn't like her. But uh-huh. it's Britt Baker. <laughs> so, <laughs> my mom hates undeniable, <laughs> but she had to. She had to give it to Britt. <laughs> number Amazing. two. Is Dante? Yeah, because she likes. She says she likes the fancy work he does in the ring. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Can you guess my mom's number one? It's not Eddie Kingston. That would be. <laughs> oh my that would god! Be the funniest thing. I would laugh for days, but no, it's not Eddie at all. <laughs> uh, let's just Eddie edit it to where it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Yay! Uh, thank you, Bob. Oh, good. Is it? Is it Cody? <laughs> no, that <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say mom I'm not I am sanctioning. You just throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do the Brody Lee papers to her. <laughs> no. Fuck. Uh no. Fuck. no number one. Uh, who the fuck is Griff Garris? <laughs> uh <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> I give him a hard time. Uh, number one was Ruby Soho. Really? Yes. Now, because she said uh, Ruby has a very strong character and she knows how to play to the camera. She she is a very her good selling actress. is her selling is next level. Yes, and the trend I saw here. I do have one more honorable mention, but that'll be later. Uh, the trend I saw. And I think the all of these performers have in common is mm-hmm. they are very flashy and yeah. and they really they're like showmen or showwomen. So the, I think the thing is, if you tuned into this show and you had mm-hmm. never seen it before 
and you saw any of these people, you'd be like, what's this about? This, what is, what are they doing? Whereas yeah. if you tuned in and you saw Brian Danielson and Hangman having a 60 minute match, you'd probably be like, oh, this is wrestling. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to go check something else. They'll probably still be wrestling when I get back, which is true. Uh, <laughs> but all of these people are like, they're characters, but they're not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I'd say they, they breach into being very, very strong characters on the character side. But they also, like Dante, Dante's less of a character. It's more just, he does crazy shit. So where you watch him, you go, yeah. wow. Um, so I think, I think these are kind of gateways into wrestling. I think if you don't yeah. know the sport as much and you're not as invested, you see these and you're like, wow, they're really cool. Maybe this wrestling shit is really cool. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I got. Yeah, because I mean, it, just think back to like our introductions to wrestling. Like, you know who my favorite wrestler as a kid was? Who was big, bright, and flashy? Hulk Hogan. That's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> who was yours, Bert? Uh, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah. No, there you go. There's no shame in it. We didn't know they said the N word back then. Well, we'd be at each other's uh, throats because <laughs> you, Hulk Hogan needs to put those controls into a nosedive. open the cockpit door hulk hulk uh but uh yes i do have one more honorable mention which ties into some more from my mom she said whoever is facing adam cole (laughs) (laughs) that's on her top list because she also gave me a list of oh, top five wrestlers wow. who are her least favorite. <laughs> oh, no. So, Adam Cole. Oh, no. Are we going to have to put your mom out back? <laughs> My mom does not are like Are we going to have Cole. to put your mom in the in the cockpit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a Hulk Hogan for my mom. Uh, but, yes, least top uh, bottom five wrestlers for 2021 for my mom. Adam Cole. Okay, okay. Uh, shouldn't really say why. Well, I guess it makes sense. He's a heel. I don't know. Well, he's, he's a, you look at him and you go, that's smug fuck. Like, (laughs) he's he's doing his job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's greasy. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Now, uh. He looks like, uh, the kind of person who is greasy on an airplane that will smack a stewardess's ass. (laughs) Yes. Next on the list, Matt Hardy. Okay. Now, my mom said, Mm -hmm. I asked her why. (laughs) <laughs> she said she said it's it's an old thing i said like because he's old she's like no no i didn't like matt hardy back in the day so my mom is a hipster matt hardy <laughs> she hated matt hardy before it was cool okay uh, yeah which i found fascinating um, did she did, was she, she only uh experiencing the v1 matt hardy <laughs> Oh no! It was before then. We weren't watching during V one. She, I think she was a Jeff Jeff Mark. So it was okay. like, why is this Matt guy dragging Jeff? Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's a <laughs> classic argument that I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, well, we were watching yeah. it a long time ago. Yeah, uh, number three is these aren't in any order, but uh, MJF. Uh, um, I mean, come on. Yeah, well, who you know? What are you gonna do? Now I have a funny. End to that later in a minute. But MJF is on her least favorite. Uh, Brian Danielson. 
<laughs> she said, I asked her why, because I do this. I do. You would make that face. Today. She said, <gasps> first of all, she said, I don't know why. And then she said, he's too brutal. So oh. again, she just, oh. yeah, she's not into the violence. So like, and okay. Brian Danielson kills people. And also she makes he makes he makes baby faces sell for a long time and she's not a fan. She wants baby face to go over. So it's kind of yeah, like she okay. hates that guy. Uh, and lastly, uh-huh. Brandon Cutler. who He's always cheating. It's it's bullshit. <gasps> she didn't say that. Oh, my God. Cheating. I love it. I yes. love it's this. that unfiltered. Like, yeah, no. Oh. To be fair, Brandon Cutler is to eminently hateable, but uh, I kind of love Brandon Cutler for that fucking geek Oh, I love him, but, yeah. but like, yeah, seeing a new fan's perspective, I go, yeah, I can see why they hate him. All this dude is just running around with some cold spray, just, ah. Yes. Um, Fascinating. So, I have some more from her later in the other categories. Uh, okay, okay. But those are all valid, except for Brian Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> I understand her reasoning. I do get it. I, I It's yeah. a preference thing. I don't think it's like, Brian Danielson sucks, he can't even wrestle. You know, then I'd be like, fuck <laughs> you, Bob, shut up. <laughs> Gonna go listen to Papa Roach, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Cut my life into pieces, this is my natural Top five matches of the year. Okay. So, number five. All right. I don't know if this would be on a lot of people's lists, but number five for me uh, was Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki and Paige Bayan. Now, Brian Danielson had a lot of good matches. Yeah. And he probably had technically better matches, uh, but my thing is like, most Brian Danielson matches are different from the other ones. He really like changes it up depending on who he's fighting and why he's fighting them. And yeah. so for me, a diehard Minoru Suzuki mark. This was a dream match for me. I know people talked about how Omega Danielson was a quote unquote dream match and Hangman Danielson is a quote unquote. I get it. They are. Yeah. But this was like a dream dream. This is an a match I would actually have in my dreams, literally. So Yeah, that is that is true fantasy book. Yes. Um and by the way, this was on the Rampage buy-in. Uh this was yep, not on the yep. actual show. You can I'm pretty sure you can still see it on YouTube. Um for free. Yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, there was a point in this match where Suzuki hit Danielson and he went down and Bryce made a face. And it was just like, for a strike, it was just stuff you can't even, you can't book that kind of stuff. It just happens, and you watch it, and you're like, Yeah, it was like Bryce just saw a tornado snatch up a house, and then it was nothing but a clear sky. Something inexplicable, beyond all belief, and he's just like, Yep. Uh, the other thing, yeah, and this match was not a draw. Um, I know in my brain that Brian Danielson won. Um, but like, this did not hurt Minoru Suzuki's aura at all. No, he's, he's the king. He's, he's a legend, king. and it was a legendary match. So for me, this this came in at number. It was not a quote unquote perfect match, but for me, it was 
It over delivered oh. for something I wanted to see in the first place. So it, it comes in at number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like uh, a yeah. caveat to um, my matches Uh-oh. is uh-huh. two things. One, like even though I named, you know, four wrestlers that were exempt from the number one, that does not mean that they are exempt from their matches that they had. That's, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then two, for me, matches have to have this emotional component uh, as yes. well as like, you know, just being good matches to, like, really get into me. And that's one reason that, like, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, the first, you know, four matches of that series are Mm -hmm. next level um, because there was so much emotion. Same with Hangman. Like, you know, that was an emotional build, and I saw ups and downs, peaks and valleys, and... You know, just so the, the, those are the caveats for mine. So I agree with those, too. Those are caveats for mine as well. <laughs> Excellent. So mine, uh, I was looking forward to this indie match for mm-hmm. a long time from a, you know, little known uh, wrestling company called Enjoy Wrestling. OK. Um, and this one, I waited for the YouTube show to come out and they released it in parts, an entire pay-per-view quality uh, thing that was very good. And this was uh, for Enjoy Wrestling Night Moves, Darius Lockhart versus Lee Moriarty. Um, This was right after Lee Moriarty had been signed with AEW, Mm -hmm. and so Lee was, like, doing his round, finishing his dates. It's like a parting shot kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and the build-up to Darius Lockhart and Lee Moriarty, you know, Lee Moriarty is, you know, Tyga style, that's his branding, and then, you know, Darius Lockhart, his branding is, you know, literally a Black Panther, you know, from the 70s, handing out, you know, food to children and getting people tested for uh, congenital diseases, and doing more for uh, their community than anyone from the government ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was billed as uh, Tyga style versus Panther style. Yeah. And they had That's all great. these promotional materials that, like, you know, harkened back to, like, the Hong Kong films of the 1970s. Nice. Um, it was so good, and the match was technical expertise on display. Um, the, the psychology of the match was Lee Mori, or, uh, um, Lee Moriarty is a good, very good technical wrestler, mm-hmm. but he was going up against Darius Lockhart, who is a more proficient technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. And that was the entire story of the match. It was back and forth. It was a technical masterpiece that you, that anyone from any area era could look at and go, that's good. Nice. So, highly suggested. It's on YouTube. So, watch it. Check it out. Nice. Yeah. Now, number four. Number four. I originally had this as MJF versus Darby Allen because that match okay. kind of spoke to me personally. However, oh. I made a last minute change. My number four, surprisingly, is 
Ilya Dragunov versus Walter at NXT TakeOver 36. Um, nice. It took me a while to get around to watching it, uh, meaning I watched it today. <laughs> <laughs> See, I this is very funny because yeah. I considered watching that just because on all the top lists that I was looking at, People were like, you have to see this match, and I love Walter. I don't yes. like his packaging in WWE as much as I did whenever he was on the indies, but, right. you know, hey. Yeah. But yeah, I heard nothing but glowing reviews for this. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I highly recommend that you somehow get some channel to watch it without paying WWE. But, um, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, I had never really seen Ilya Dragunov before. Um, I'd seen Walter plenty, and I mean, you can take one look at Walter and go, oh yeah, that guy rules. Uh, you don't really even need to see him work, you just know. But, uh, this match, whew, uh, how do I even explain it? It's, it's like, I, I don't like calling it like David and Goliath, because I think the idea of a David and Goliath match is that David, like, overcomes insurmountable odds in, in kind of a John Cena way. You do one big thing and overcome the yeah. odds. This was like Ilya Dragunov was a smaller guy, but he was a monster in his own way. Um, okay. He had like he had like a bandage over his head at the start, and I was like, what's that about? Like it wasn't like a band-aid, it was like a or like, you know, the strips, it was like a white square taped on his head, and I'm like, what's that about? And he had literal stitches in his fucking forehead and he was wrestling oh, with oh. them in his forehead and uh they beat the absolute shit out of each other and it it's not like it's part of like the old british slash strong style type stuff but it was also like all of the moves sometimes i'll complain in women's matches that things are very telegraphed and mm -hmm. it, it, it's kind of like things are slower and less fluid because people have to let them know that the things are coming. You know? Yeah. You can't just lash out at somebody. But this match was like moves. It, it was like I was watching stuff happen naturally. There was... I didn't feel like there was anything in the match that was choreographed, even though I know a lot of it was called. It was like... It was like sometimes they would make up moves for the situation they were in just to hurt the other person. And okay. yeah, and the crowd was ungodly hot. The announcing was excellent. Uh, it it was one of those. Who was on announce? Um, I don't know the NXT announcers. Was it bad news? I was don't. It, uh, I, there, I know there was a man bears? and a woman, but I don't know who they were. Oh, it was probably Beth Phoenix then. It's pot. If it was excellent on announcing because she was very very good. She called like a short arm scissor at one point and i was like oh she knows what she's Ooh. talking about hell yeah and uh but uh finish is amazing I Ilya's man i mean walter's amazing and i think Ilya outworked him in this match and and, and even in the case of like character and facial work and all that stuff i had never seen the guy before and it was like superstar making performance so I'd recommend you check it out if 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 you get the chance. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it it sold me over, and I don't even like WWE stuff. Even NXT stuff. I mean, I like some of it, but I mean, especially not nowadays. Yeah. I had to kind of go out of my it's... way to make sure I wasn't missing anything, and I was I was missing something. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's my number four. Um, so uh, my number four. Um, 
pairs well with your number five, because okay. while I truly loved the Minoru Suzuki, uh, Brian Danielson affair, mm-hmm. I absolutely fell in love with Eddie Kingston's performance against Brian Danielson on the October 27th edition of Rampage. Yeah, that was a great um, match. <laughs> it was like... For me, like Brian Danielson, you know, had the um, 30-minute Broadway with uh, Kenny, and while that was a very good match and I love it, um, it did not have the intensity that this match had. This was like, I think, ten and a half minutes of both of these men trying to kill each other. Yes. And Eddie is a master of building interest for his matches in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing that I didn't get to say earlier with Eddie was, you know, if we remember, like, he had a week to build his match against Mira. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most, most must-see matches on there for me. He made merch mean, you know, in that week. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, re- redeem D's nuts. Yeah. Amazing shirt. <laughs> Crazy. Um, You know, uh, his match with Punk. Like, a two-week build, and that was, I have to see this match. Yeah. And with Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson, it was, they built it on Wednesday, and then they had the match technically on Friday. You yeah, know? yeah. But, but during excellent. that time, I was like, I can't wait for Rampage. I can't wait. <laughs> and this was just Eddie Kingston showing why he is so good. He sells so well. Uh, Daniel Bryan absolutely got the shit knocked out of him. And for me, this was Bryan Danielson's first, like, real test of can you still go? Mm-hmm. And he met the the wall of Eddie Kingston, and both of them came out sharper than ever because this was amazing. Yeah. Love that match. Adore it. It was excellent. I... I... I debated heavily switching it out with Suzuki. I think the only reason I put it in, I put Suzuki instead was because, like I said, Suzuki's a legend to me, whereas Kingston is the most over guy in wrestling right now. So it's very, very tough. Like, I honestly think, I think Kingston might be just under, like, number six with a, with a very close, you know, photo finish. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I watched it twice. It was, it's, that's a hard match to watch in some places. That's like, they are murdering each other. Can I tell Um, you how many times I watched that match? How many? (laughs) I've watched it seven times. (laughs) I believe it. And it's only 10 minutes. So that's like, it's like, it's like watching the hangman Danielson match once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, excellent. Excellent pick. Uh, Totally agreed. Number three. Okay. Number three for me was a pretty easy choice. It is Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Unsanctioned Lights Out match. Okay, yeah. Now, I feel kind of conflicted because I didn't put Britt in my top five, Mm -hmm. and yet I didn't put Deeb on my top five matches. And I also didn't put, oh, I mean, spoilers, I didn't put Kingston in my top five. Because for me, best wrestler is mostly more about, like, it's about a lot more things than just match quality. Yeah. And a lot of times people can have one or two amazing. I mean, honestly, I love Brit to death, but this was her match for the year. 
A lot of yeah. further matches were good, but, you know, they couldn't be on this level if they tried. Yeah, well, I mean, once again, she suffered an injury at a very inopportune time in, yeah. in her title reign, and I think that's one reason that we haven't gotten to see her too much, because she had that wrist injury. Even then, I would not expect every Britt Baker match to be a lights-out, no, unsanctioned no, match against Thunder Rosa. Like, it's very specific. No, she would look like a, a piece of uh, fucking beef jerky if she did that. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so, I remember at the time watching this, and I hadn't really gotten much out of the women's division AEW at the time. It was, it was earlier in my watching the show, and I remember getting three-fourths of the way through the match, and I think I literally said out loud, like, this might be, this probably is the best, like, non-Japanese women's match I have ever seen in my life. Like, it, yep. it, was, it did not have much competition. It was like, as far as Western women's wrestling matches go, it was unbelievable. Now, granted, Yeah, like, we were... We we were all in the Discord, you know, watching uh, that match together, and I remember, like, Jenny, uh, Aaron, me, you, and uh, Meredith and Mallory, and we were all losing our minds at how insane it was. Like, Mallory, at one point, she gets pretty squeamish. Yeah. <laughs> about stuff and so she had to like minimize the window and kind of listen to what was going on for a little like while a <laughs> but yeah for me i mean i loved brit before but this was like it was like a it, for me it was like a stone cold bret hart switch thing where like that when that match happened you knew stone cold was the thing and this yeah. match made you realize oh brit brit is the thing yeah, because up to that point, like, Britt, I'm not going to lie, like, when Britt first started out in AEW, she was not that good. Yeah. And that may piss people off, but, like, her timing was off, yeah. she was light as hell, um, and it was just a lot of inexperience. Like, mm -hmm. and so... Britt, her character was on point because, like, she had had uh, the matches with Big Swole. I remember that, yeah. Um, you know, and had the cinematic match that a lot of people forget, the, uh, you know, tooth and nail match uh, in Britt's dentist which office, which was fun. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but other it's than It's better than that, the Firehouse Firefly. <laughs> Everybody will hate me for that one, but yes. Uh, go on. <laughs> but, um... She had gotten her character over because even whenever she got uh, her knee injured, like she developed the whole role model thing. Yeah. The the training montage of her in the wheelchair is still one of the funniest fucking things I've seen in wrestling. Yeah. So hilarious. And so she had her character over, but she didn't have a catalog of matches to back it up. Mm -hmm. And whenever I saw this match, I was like, oh, now it begins. And it honestly did, because she was an undeniable star at that point. And I love Sheeta to death. We've mentioned, you know, the shortcomings of the pandemic before, but it was an inevitability yeah. that Brit was going to be on top. Yeah, and, and, and also, you know, Thunder Rosa has... 
I, I know I said like Serena has been the big mover in the division, but Thunder Rosa is the workhorse of the division. She yes, she is making stars constantly. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, honestly, I think she gets a lot of credit and it's still not enough. She she has done so much. Um, There's I, I, I hear constantly in the group like, man, Thunder Rosa should be on TV more. She should be on the main show more. And I'm like. Yes, but I'm sure there's a reason, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sure they don't want to work it because the my thing is every time I see her, she is going a million miles an hour laying it in. So I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think it's good for business to have her working every week. You'd probably <laughs> kill a few people. Um, but yeah, uh, just the both of them. Um there's there's such a thing to me as garbage matches where you know you have thumbtacks and and that's a workaround for them. This was not that it it yeah. accentuated the feud. It was a blood feud. All of the spots made sense. Just next level stuff storytelling wise. Yeah. It was very good. So yeah, amazing. Well, this segues nicely into uh, my number three match. And full disclosure, <laughs> I was live at this one, okay. so it may color it. Okay. But my number three was Nick Gage yeah. versus Chris Jericho, July yeah. 28th, AEW Dynamite. A wild um, match. <laughs> a wild match. Now... Like, I could go into the things of they just did wild shit, and it was wild, um, you know, wild enough to make my list just on that alone. But the thing is, um, I, I look back at certain points of Chris Jericho's career where he has truly done some wrestling genius stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, starting with, like, you know, the thousand holds of Jericho mm-hmm. and stuff like that, being, like, a comedy genius, moving on to, like, his 2006-2008 run as the Honest Man. Mm-hmm. And the labors of Jericho, while it sounded stupid at first, once I started realizing what Jericho was doing, and that was he was putting a capstone on his career of things that he had not done in a while or things he had never done. Mm-hmm. And so once it came to the labor of Jericho facing Nick Gage, it was going to be a death match. And to my knowledge, Jericho had never been in a death match before. Yeah. And the reason that I think that this one transcends a lot of it is because... This was AEW, a a variety show of wrestling, because there are many things you can pick and choose and like and dislike, because there's stuff for us, the hardcore fans, you know, the Brian Danielson and Hangman, you know, hour-long broadways, and then there's, you know, like, the colorful stuff, like Orange Cassidy doing his thing for your mom. Mm -hmm. And this one was AEW putting on the most transgressive thing that has been on television in probably 20, 25 years. Yeah, that was and that was my thing, was, like, to my knowledge, uh, outside of, like, maybe some closed-circuit stuff or some very weird business, like, you know, or pay-per-views with weird stuff, there really hasn't been a deathmatch on television. 
uh, ever. That's not Not it. that I can recall. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of still think of this match as taking place in, like, a parallel universe. Like, another dimension. <laughs> like, I kind of, like, did that happen? Yeah, it did happen. It's just crazy every time I think about it. So, yeah, like, I was there live, yeah. and uh, to see Nick Gage work live, he had the crowd ooing and awing and, like, cringing to themselves. Yeah. Like... It was amazing. Whenever uh, Jericho went through the uh, glass, I was close enough for glass to go flying by oh me. God. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just because it is the most outrageous and transgressive thing without being like, you know, racist or misogynist or just, you know, yeah, shitty and bigoted or anything. Yeah, like... Yeah, it, it truly was pushing the envelope, like, if, you know, the silent majority was still around and they saw this on their television, they would have passed out and died. Yeah. Um, seeing Which this. would rule. <laughs> yeah, which would absolutely rule. I need That's to take this match back in time to change a lot of history. It's like when you go back and watch, like, a season one episode of The Simpsons or something, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Um... Yeah, uh, I did like it. Mm -hmm. uh, you were you were also live and didn't get to see the pizza cutter uh, advertising. <laughs> we are all texting you. I'm pretty sure, like, oh my god, they yeah. showed the pizza cutter ad right when he did the pizza. <laughs> cutter. It was very very fun. Um, Amazing. One of the better moments of 2021. Um, yeah, so great pick. Oh, mm -hmm. dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So number two. Wonder if this one's going to line up. May have up. some overlap yeah. in the top yeah, two. I think we're going to line up. Number two for me is Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam ah. Page at the Might be switched around, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, spoiler okay, alert: fine. This is my number one. So we can we okay. can talk about a baby. And I had a tough time switching these yep. around. So first, we'll talk about this one, uh, and we'll each take our time. So for me. Uh, this was an amazing match. God, over a year long build. It's been like two yeah. years. It's been a long time. And, uh, I mean, Hangman's been, I think part of what really made this for me is I had only seen a little bit of Hangman wrestling. Um, I mean, I'd seen him in Japan before and he was cool. And I'd seen like a little bit in AEW, but it was mostly like before he left where he was wrestling like, you know, one guy or he's wrestling with the Dark Order, his little things. It wasn't like, big matches and i think he had a match with kenny yeah i saw some of his tag matches with kenny but like it had been a while and most of the time it was like hangman does like he's like a typical i'm not saying he's bad but he was more like a typical he did like three or four moves and then he won with the buckshot which is a great move and it was good but it wasn't like he wasn't like doing all kinds of crazy splashy stuff uh it was more like Storyline character. Something base. missing. Right. But then, like, this whole story happened. They did the build really well. And then he came back for this match, and, like, we were pretty sure he was winning the title. And the thing was, is, like, my concern was, well, if the match isn't that great, I mean, he's been, even, even outside of the fact that Hangman's good, he's been off for quite a while. This is his first match back. There's just so many questions about it. Like, what if what if the match isn't that great and he wins? What if it's not as good as it should be? What if the story doesn't have the 
Wright feel to it. You know, like I was worried, pretty, pretty yeah. damn worried the whole show and the whole build. And it over delivered. It was an amazing match. It was everything you wanted out of it, short of Kota Ibushi coming out and like, um, <laughs> you know, like, well, like Kenny the Bucks staring came out and at the sun. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Kenny was incredible. The Bucks were even great in their limited role. Don Callis was good. Uh, the, the length of the match was perfect. The, the, the builds and the oh. storytelling, the right man went over. It was, it was a Cinderella story. I, everything was just perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It was excellent. Uh, well, I can definitely see it being number one, especially if you're more invested than I am. If you've, if you've been there for the two years or longer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so here's the thing. When AEW first started, um, you know, I was right on board and I, you know, saw Hangman fight Chris Jericho for, you know, the inaugural, you know, uh, AEW championship. And Mm -hmm. I liked Hangman and he had like some good promos leading up to it, but it felt like I had seen it before. Yeah. It didn't feel, I don't know. And I wasn't that big on Hangman. Like, he had his little mini feud with MJF over the first uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring, and I was like, eh, eh. And then he started in with uh, Kenny tagging. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there's something there, and they put on good matches. And the very first AEW show that I went to was in Atlanta, and I saw uh, Hangman and Kenny fight the Lucha Brothers. Which was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to date, that is the greatest tag match I've ever put, you know, regular tag match that I've ever put my eyeballs on. Yeah. Um, and so things started to build and I was like, okay. And I started watching being the elite and Hangman was doing a lot of like fun, goofy stuff. And I was like, I actually relate to this guy. He's pretty fun. Yeah. And like when the pandemic started, he had the funniest reaction to it and the and objectively the best. He said, I'm going home. Yeah. And Hangman went home and he filmed himself several times, like just in his house looking for things to do. Mm-hmm. At one point he was in full wrestling gear in his living room. Doing buckshot lariats to pillows. <laughs> <laughs> he just had me dying. And then the Dark Order stuff. And Hangman um, embodies a lot of the ennui and angst and trepidation that a lot of young people feel going forward. Hangman is never sure about the future. Yeah. And this plays into his character so well that, like, you know, there there are certain wrestlers at certain times that, like, embody the feel of the entire, or the majority of the nation. You can say that Stone Cold, you know, embodied the fuck your boss, you know, flipping everyone off, I don't give a shit, edgy 90s, and he absolutely did, mm-hmm. you know, And you can look at Hangman Adam Page, and he embodies, like, what we're going through because he is unsure of himself. 
He is, uh, you know, failed many times, calls himself a failure, uh, but he keeps striving, and that is the most important aspect of the story. And seeing Kenny the entire time putting him down and being like, you're, you know, <laughs> a, a, a B, you know, B plus player, you know, at yeah, one yeah. point he even said that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the there's not much to say about the match beyond go watch it. It's one of the best matches of all time. I can yep. easily say that. And with the emotional uh, appeal to it, it's it's beyond. Very few things in wrestling are built up over two years. Um, mm-hmm. So your number and, two is probably my number one. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say just real quick, like yeah. one reason that like I fell out of uh, love with WWE was because there's no way to invest in a character long term. Right. Uh, because they're either going to be doing something completely different than what they were doing in a few weeks' time. They're going to, uh, you know, like, just not be on TV, or they're going to get fired. Scripts change hour to and, hour in WWE, too. They oh, literally just, he just tears up stuff an hour before the show. So, And so, to have AEW in the modern era, like, give me a consistent... It's not perfect. A no. consistent product where I can still get behind. I'm getting behind Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Like, and the crowd is behind Eddie Kingston. That man can come out and just stand there and you can feel everyone loving him. Yeah. Like, and so that's one reason I think AEW is the biggest success and one reason that most of my matches are from AEW. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. The same for me. So, yeah. Okay. Now you're number two. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My number two is your number one. <laughs> Maybe. Mm, well, we'll I see. I think so. Yeah. But my number two is uh, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a yeah. steel cage match. <laughs> AEW all out, baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the reason, uh, like, this is. Probably like a more fun and watchable match. Yes. Uh, well, fun isn't quite the term. It gets pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but you know, the storyline aspect of Kenny and Hangman is what like brings it over the top for me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Nothing taking away from this match. This is so tag team cage matches have been done a couple of, you know, many times in wrestling, but rarely good. Yes. Because there is no tagging, and if there is tags, it's always weird, because it's like the cage mm. is supposed to represent no rules. Like, WCW did that a couple of times. is fucking odd. Yeah. And so, tornado tags, other than the spectacle, are sometimes, or a lot of the time, hard to watch, because mm-hmm. you don't know who to look at, what's going on, and the camera crew misses a lot of stuff. Yeah. Not so in this match. These no. teams are perfectly synchronized. They are absolutely uh, at the top of their games. They knew how to get that emotional reaction from the crowd. Like, at one point, the Bucks are tearing off Pentel Cero's mask, and, like, people are jumping up and down like, You can't do that! <laughs> 
Yeah. Like losing their minds. Um, they brought back the, the thumbtack sneaker. I love that spot. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's wonderful. <sighs> it's, There's it's a, a masterpiece. Yeah. The, the thing for me, I mean, I do agree with you that like the long term story wise or even really like storytelling wise beforehand going in, it doesn't have that same thing at all. Um, for me though, it does have a lot of story. But it not does. As much as it's all in the match. It's all told through mm-hmm. the match. And I think the thing that was most impressive about this this match to me was that uh, if you don't know, I'm a fan of experimental wrestling. <laughs> but, no. but no, but like I, I, this match to me is the equivalent of like you know how like people talk about like Bobby McFerrin making a whole album with just his voice. Like, it's just, like, a limitation. Like, I'm going to do a whole entire song where it's just pieces of my voice. No, I'll do a whole album with that. This was like that to me. It was like, we're going to have a tag team title match in a cage with no ref and no tags. And also, like, generally keep the weapon stuff to a minimum. And we're not going to, like, have one guy go out of the ring... Have two guys go out of like, you know, do yeah. a spot, fall down, have, you know, the, the typical stuff. And so that's like, how do you even do that? Like, my brain is like, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, I can't yeah. even imagine how you do that. And somehow the and, and honestly, I think I don't think they planned it all out. I think they fucking called a lot of it, which yeah. is just like even thinking about it is insane to me. And I just remember watching it being just constantly my my brain and my mouth were going. How how are they doing this? How are they doing it? It was yeah. so unbelievable the entire time. And towards the end, I literally, I, the match was not even done. And I'm like, this is the best tag match I've ever seen in my life, which is nuts. Because mm-hmm. I like, yeah. it's one thing when I say like, this is the best women's match, non-Japanese, when I honestly, I haven't seen, I'm not versed in women's wrestling as much. I've seen plenty of tag matches. <laughs> I've seen like shield tag matches i've seen like Mm -hmm. stuff that was like japanese tag matches young bucks japanese tag like shit that's like next level and i was just like floored it was like yeah that's the best one i've ever seen i don't even know what to say about it uh the entrances were were amazing (laughs) there's just like what can you even say but Number one and number two were very close. They were the best matches yeah. of the year pretty easily. God. So, yeah, we we pretty much agree on most of our list yeah. so far. Yeah, a few variances. Would here you like to know? Yeah, go ahead. OK, I was just going to say a few we, variances here and there. But for the most part, yeah. yeah. Would you like to know my mother's favorite match of the year? God, Christmas just keeps coming. Yes, yes. Do you want to guess? She's only been she doesn't want to watch it for that long. Uh, so this is her just favorite match of the year. Yeah, I have her least favorite one too. Okay, um, her favorite match of the year. Okay, hold on. I have her men's and women's okay favorites, and then her least favorite. <laughs> All right. Um, does she watch Rampage or does she only watch? She does watch that? Rampage. She does. I'll- Yes. For the women's match, I'll go out of my way and say, just shot in the dark here, the Britt Baker versus Abaddon match on Rampage. Ooh, close. 
It's okay. Britt Baker versus Riho. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was on which Ra- is a good match. Yeah. yeah, excellent match. And it was Wonderful. on Rampage. I think it's better than the Abaddon match, but that was a yeah. fun match too. Yeah, absolutely. and it was a very character heavy match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good guess. I'm, I was just trying to think of like fun matches where Britt gets a comeuppance, and you know, the I recommend thing. you think the same for the men's match. Oh, um, <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Ooh, that's a good guess. Jungle Boy lost though. Okay, he did though. He did. He did lose. That's a good guess. Um, I'll just, I'll just give it, give it away. Yeah, yeah. The Diamond Ring Battle Royal where MJF was the face. (laughs) (laughs) And Dante won. (gasps) If you think about it, it makes perfect sense because she thought it was so hilarious that MJF. Yeah, was a face the entire time. So she wasn't confused. No, it made sense. They had the whole uh, package, and he came out, and you know, it made sense. She just thought it was fun. It was funny and fun, and it's yeah. It's one of those things of like it in a wrestling from a wrestling mind's perspective. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. But I oftentimes find myself like. What would a new fan think of this? Yes. And the the idea of someone that you hate every week all of a sudden being cheered, I can see that being jarring, but that's, you know, mainly thinking back to, like, you know, Bizarro World in Canada, right. WWE, you know, 2000s and stuff. Right. But if you actually, if you um, think about it, like, the less seriously yeah. the wrestling takes itself, the more simple it is to understand. It's, it's just like, oh, okay. Absolutely. He's on Long Island. Okay. You know. It's his place of power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he can summon, he could use the black materia here. Uh, <laughs> so, bad news. I have her worst match as well. Oh, it was Hangman versus uh, Brian Danielson. You right? guessed it. <laughs> yeah. But that was a hard watch yeah. for her. Um, she's like the 60 yeah, minute, whatever yeah. it was. Because <laughs> she had to switch off the channel. True, so. Yeah, it was long and brutal, like a killer. I don't think the An length absolute... was too bad. Like, I think if Dante went for 60 minutes, she'd love it. But I think it was more like, yeah, yeah it, it was Can very... he go for 60 minutes or will he just burn up like a match? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if, I'd, like, see, I think I'd have to tap out watching Dante Martin explode for 60. I'd be like, I can't even pay attention. <laughs> like, my brain hurts. I'm getting a headache. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I have some various so, random things to to to. I don't know. We can fool around with, but yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a few uh, random like categories. Go ahead. You first. I just had you know, and I'll go through this uh, relatively quick. Uh, but these are I'll go through mine, and then that'll give you time to think about you know yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like my top you know, several people that I just want to see succeed beyond expectations. Like, I want these people to, like, they don't necessarily have to be champions, but I want them to, like, be recognized in their field and, like, just good things happen to them. Okay. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, crossover, but... My number five, uh, she just appeared on uh, Dynamite. Uh, she's a favorite of mine. That's Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. Um, 
She is, you know, a working mother. Uh, I love her story. I love her look. I love her wrestling. She needs to be respected more than she was, uh, because this WWE business fucking sucked and stalled mm-hmm. all of her momentum that she had from the Mae Young Classic where she tore the house down. Yep. Um, you know, Agreed. so I want to see her succeed. Uh, another woman that I want to see succeed is Layla Hirsch. Yes. She has a look. She has a presence. She has a wrestling style that I love. Mm-hmm. She is a complete workhorse in the ring. I love seeing her. Please. Um, yeah. My number three that I want to see succeed is Jonathan Gresham. Okay. Like, he is, you know, now the... um uh hopefully not final ROH champion. Yeah, you're right. Um and there's there's rumor that he will be taking the ROH title and defending it in various promotions. So I hope that ROH and AEW can work something out mm-hmm. because I would love to see Jonathan Gresham on the main stage. I don't know if you've ever seen him wrestle, have you? Uh I think so. Maybe. A little bit, not not too much. Maybe like one match. <laughs> Um, he is a technical marvel. Nice. I I love his wrestling. Um, he is the foundation. Cool. <laughs> uh, and then number two and one are people that I've already mentioned, uh, so I won't go into much detail about, but that's Trisha Dora and Darius Lockhart. Mm-hmm. They need... Uh, they just need their flowers, because they're so good, and amazing so you know i wish them i think all things the are best. things are looking up for them i think yeah, yeah so three come to mind for me which would be uh matt seidel yes <laughs> because i love matt seidel and i am so happy he is working again uh, oh. working at the top of his game the, that that debut botch has not hurt him at all no in any way shape or form everybody was Mm-mm worried about it and it didn't matter the only people and, that care are the wwe drones uh still looks like a million bucks works like a million bucks i i want this dude to have some sort of gold sometime soon i wish yeah. the i i know he's doing work right now for people but uh, he deserves something it's kind of silly but biggie uh yeah. it's silly because he has the title but that is uh, he got suspect pinned right now. a couple of weeks ago. Come on. Yeah, and he's in a tornado four-way at the pay-per-view, so it's really anybody's game, and it's not uh, looking it's, great. It's going to be Bobby Lashley again. I Probably, and it. even uh, there's talk that uh, Seth will sell out Kevin to kind of yeah. steal it in the storyline. It, it doesn't really. It's all it's all shenanigans. My point is, is Biggie's an afterthought, and that's a joke, because Biggie is that awesome. Sucks. People love him. I love him. I want the best for him. Um, I'm sure no matter what happens, he'll be okay. But I think he deserves, you know, his time at the top. He deserves. Uh, Funnily enough, my guys are all kind of veterans of the business. Uh, My last guy would be Christian, uh, which is kind of weird. I don't I, I wouldn't say this isn't really a case of like, I want him at the top, although I wouldn't mind it. But he already kind of had his time in that picture. My main thing is, uh, I'm excited for a Christian heel turn, hopefully. I want him to mm-hmm. have fun character-wise, really get into, like, 
some old because he is such a great personality. I want him to have time. He's so good. Yeah, I I'm ready for that to happen. Uh, I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, those are my guys. Yeah. There's some other guys, but I think they tie over into some of my other suggested yeah, categories. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see what I have here. Most improved. I only have one person for each of these. So, well, one. I actually had this uh, category mapped out. So yeah, I've got several people. Okay. The main one that came to my mind was the acclaimed because oh yeah at the beginning of this year I fucking hated <sighs> the acclaimed they had go away heat for me I did not want to see them ever I was like nope. get this shit nope. I was literally muting the stream when they showed up that's how annoying they were to me and now I kind of love the acclaimed. I really, I think they're underrated. I think they should be on the show more, and they're already on the show quite a bit because Tony knows. We well, see. I, I, I think we, yeah, I think we have the same opinion on this. But correct me uh-huh. if I'm wrong. The reason we hated the acclaimed at the beginning is because they were doing needless edge lord bullshit yes. that was homophobic, misogynist, bigoted. And most of the time, just in poor fucking taste. Yeah. And for me, I think you can be a mean, nasty heel without having to resort to those tactics. Exactly. The mo- it was the most cheap Im- heat of the worst kind. Yeah. Yeah. The most improved in that is MJF, because whenever he first started, I was like, oh, he's going to be pretty problematic, because there were several mm-hmm. times that he called, you know women fans, fat whores, and stuff like that. And uh, even yeah. Britt Baker. Even Britt Baker, yep. like, fat-shamed uh, Tony Schiavone at the beginning. I remember that. And no one liked that. Like, that, like, stalled uh-huh. out in a lot of, like, you know, Mer- you know, our friend Meredith, for example, that stalled a lot of Britt's, like, potential to where even now she, like, looks at Britt Baker and goes, eh, when are you going to say something shitty? I think MJF still rides that line, too, but he is very good at riding the line. He has learned how to do that without being, like, go away. and And when he steps over the line, it's occasional, and it's like, okay, sure, it's not like, Dan Lambert or Chris no. Jericho, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, the only other person I would put in here is um, oh Ethan Page, because the first time I saw Ethan oh, Page yeah. was in TNA, and I did like him, but it was goofy, fun, funny, haha, Ethan Page, where they killed his yeah gimmick. Karate Man, yeah, which was fun, and I liked him, but it was like I can't, you know, I'm not supposed to take this seriously, so I don't. And I think Ethan. In AEW, he's not yeah. where he's probably not where I would have him in, in terms of the card, but he has to get there. But uh, yeah, he's he's very very good in my opinion. He's he's excellent. so good. Yeah, I mean the the thing is the men of the year, you know, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page do not need Dan Lambert. No, uh, they don't need him. No, Dan Lambert. Uh, honestly, after they lost and he got his balls stapled to his leg yeah. at the pay-per-view, should have went away. We shouldn't have seen Dan Lambert for like two or three months. I'm back and forth and on the- Dan every single week. I can't decide and I probably never will. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I love Ethan Page. Give that man a mic 
He is intense and serious while also just being hilarious. Yes. Because, like, one thing that popped everyone in the Discord was whenever he was given a promo and he was like, and I just gotta say, I have the tightest tits yeah. in the business. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone was like, oh. He's overflowing with person. Oh, my. Yeah, he, he just, I don't know. He's He is o- over the top. He, he's amazing. He's great in the ring, too. He has yeah. that, like, uh, yeah, it's that intensity. His stuff with Darby, I think they need to get back to that at some point. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. So, yeah. So, my most improved, uh, I have four people sure. on my list, is um, the, you know, this isn't in any specific order, but, you know, one person who has really impressed me has been the bunny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love the bunny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I watched her at the very beginning of AEW whenever she was just Allie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was pretty dog shit. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to say that, I hate to be mean like that, but she had, like, baby giraffe steps all the time. She never knew where she was supposed to be. Um, but, um, once, you know, she left the orbit of, uh, QT Marshall being, like, his midlife crisis, which that was dog shit. Everyone forgets about that. Yeah. You know, when she just full-time became the bunny again, um, she has done great. She Her selling is phenomenal. She does really good at really um, selling that she's, like, a psychotic character. Mm-hmm. Like, an unhinged character. And I love it. And apparently... I've seen a few pictures yeah, going I was gonna, around. I this was going to ask about this. <laughs> I've only seen the one picture, uh, me and I too. keep scrolling, but I've seen it. Yeah. Apparently, the street fight between Ty Conti and Anna, and Anna Jay versus the Bunny and Penelope Ford gets Crazy. buck wild. Yep. I saw the picture, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I need to watch Rampage, yeah. apparently. Um, yep. So my next is uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. I love him. Um, it, He's one of those where it, it wasn't that he was bad starting off, but he was bland. Yes, I agree. He didn't have much going for him. And then he did, like, the uh, heel turn angle on uh, Moxley, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, him and Mox, like, teamed up, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. And then every week that I see him and he wrestles, he gets better and better and better. Yeah, underrated Love promo, him. too. Because he yeah. had a promo on, on Dynamite. I was like, he's good on the mic. They should give him a mic. More. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Team Taz is underrated. And yes. once again, I think that's due to uh, unfortunate injury timings. And then also the Brian Cage stuff, which... That's weird. I'm, I don't know who's being shitty to who. I won't. I'm kind of. You know, uh, see, anytime I see Brian Cage stuff crop up on Twitter, I just ignore it because it's 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 just all these people like I don't know what it is yeah, about Brian Cage. I think it's that he he has the WWE look and he's not mm. a star in AEW. So what happens is all the WWE people like flocked to him they're like this guy hates an aw and he should go over and he should be a star and, da, da, da. 
And all the people in AEW are like, he's underperforming, and uh, it's it's like it's just hate all around. So I always just look at it like I, I kind of like Brian Cage. I don't even see the problem. I love Brian Cage. Like uh, his match with uh, Hangman was amazing. His two matches, yeah. against Hangman were. And great. he's been out for a while, and I don't know why. And it's none of my business. And if he wants to go elsewhere, he can go. Else. It's it's. I wish him nothing, but I, I I like the dude. So anytime I see him trending, I'm like, I could, I. Could get yeah. too fox about any nothing of this. but the best. Yeah, like, yeah, this is just people stroking their egos, so I don't care. Um, but yeah, yeah. Team Taz has been very uh, good. No- yeah, uh, number two for me is uh, Sunny Kiss. Actually, yeah, um, Sunny in a along. single match has turned it around for me. Um, because like. Like, she had a problem at the very beginning where everything was too light and she didn't quite know where she was supposed to be. Yeah. But her time working with Joey Janela, even though it's been, like, stretched out far too much, mm-hmm. um, done amazing and has absolutely sold me. I want to see Sunny Kiss on the main show. Absolutely. Yeah. This this might have been before 2021, but Sunny Kiss is one of my strikes against Kenny Omega that puts him at number three. I don't I care you. if it was last year. I, I still don't understand why that happened, but hey. Yeah, um, jobbing Sunny out like that was fucked up. And but, Kenny's it's Kenny's expression and the way it was, it's just like so shitty. I was like, come on. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Gotta get that heel heat, brother. You know, yeah. Bully Ray was sitting there and with Bully the Ray thermostat. And <laughs> just, ah! <laughs> yeah. Those Bully Ray thermostat memes keep them coming. I love yeah. it. And then number one, uh, for me, Ty Conti. Um, I saw wow, her, okay. I saw her whenever she was in WWE, uh, you know, in NXT, and like, she had okay. something. Like you I, have more context than me, yeah. Yeah, like I, you know, she was very green, and but I saw something. She had like something going where I was just like, she has it. Mm-hmm. And you know, as she every week that she wrestles, she gets better and better. Like you know, is she on top of the world? No. Mm-hmm. Her match with Britt Baker unfortunately like showed a few of those flaws that she still needs to work on uh, i thought that was one of her better matches so (laughs) yeah yeah no it was one of it was her best match that she's ever had but there was still um like for me the more i think about that match the more it shows that brit still has weaknesses to shore up they're both you know, relatively newer, you know, for four to six years in the business. Um, but Ty Conti is great. I love her to death and she's amazing to me. Awesome. Well, you'll probably want to skip my next one because it's negative. Yeah. <laughs> it's most overrated. I only have overrated. one person for any of these, by the way. <laughs> so I did. I, well, I. I had a tie with Brian Pillman Jr., but I think I'd take him off because no one really likes Brian Pillman Jr., so that's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, who I picked for this is, you know, me healing out on everybody, which is Jade Cargill. 
Because <laughs> Bert doesn't Bert doesn't care about Jade Cargill. He doesn't care. And yeah. then, even after, I mean, I think last night was one of her best matches that I've seen, and I still was like, it was pretty good. Yeah, she's still <laughs> smoking mirrors, she's... and it was all right. Yeah, she's still not there yet. No. Uh, I think that is a fair criticism. Um, it's more that I... she's being pushed to the moon, and everybody loves her, which to me is like, I'll see. <laughs> Skeptic. I, I think I think she has an albatross around her neck that is not her ring work, and that is smart marks. Yeah, away. get the fucking manager out of the picture, please. Yes. When the thing that made me go, oh, I love Jade, and I think this was a little bit before you started watching, was she had single taped promos that were like, you know, the cinematic promo. Yeah. And she killed it with Pre those. Yeah. Like she got her character across. It was good. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And so she appeared, looked like a goddess, got in the ring, squashed someone with you know the the, the glam slam. No, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, did did the big boot, the glam slam, and I said, oh, "Okay." And that I rode that high the entire time. Yeah. But I'm not so blind that I don't go, yeah, I see what's your problem. It's what mainly her strikes. Uh, <laughs> her selling's yeah. actually, I think her selling has come a long way and it's very good. It's mainly the strikes. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is yeah. a small thing that is relatively simple to fix. It just well, is going to take time. You see, the thing is, I think that if someone's strikes aren't that good, you know what they should focus mm -hmm. on? Doing like body checks and shoulder blocks i agree yes and that's one or just changing it up somehow doing something different yeah yeah or drop kicks like yeah i've seen people where they're bad at strikes and they continue to be bad at strikes whenever they have a physique that would more closely work with um doing you know body checks and shoulder strikes like think back to goldberg Goldberg mm -hmm. strikes suck. Right. That's why he does shoulder blocks. <laughs> right. I will say also, that, I mean, this is purely AEW because that's what I watch. Like, if I was watching WWE, oh, for God's sake, it'd be like The Miz or something. Like it, or or The Fiend if he was wrestling oh. this year. Like it would not even be anything approaching AEW. So you know, I'm being, uh, I'm nitpicking <laughs> yeah. if I have to. So let's see, overrated, I mean, for me, mm -hmm. and I have watched probably more WWE than you, um, I'm going to make people pretty mad with this one. <laughs> I think I know this one. <laughs> Go ahead, though. But I have watched the promos, I have watched some of the matches, I have seen everything that there is to offer, but... Roman Reigns okay. is still not that good. I don't think it's that great. I, I, It's better, but that's like the lamest low-hanging curve you could possibly... Because Roman face Roman was the dirt worst. So of course heel mm -hmm. Roman is... We, we wanted him to turn heel for years. So I think it's more the case that people wanted it for years, so when it finally happened, they were like, we finally got it, so they, they overemphasize how good it is. Oh, it's underwhelming. Yes, yeah, it's just He's thing. doing the yeah. exact same thing is the problem. 
He comes out, yeah. he doesn't say much, and who did you uh, think I was going to say? Oh, Sasha Banks. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Which, mm, she's had a kind of uh, year, uh, so yeah. that's fine. But I don't think Sasha's bad in the ring. I, but she is, it's in terms of overrated, holy crap, you want to talk about fan bases. Uh, Oof, <laughs> but Roman is... I would say he's right in the same area where it's like, Whoa, man, I yeah. get it. <laughs> the wake pheasant thing. Uh, yeah, um, I agree with that. Woman. I'm woman. I love the woman wings. This is I what got, gets us in trouble. I got the Paul Wayman. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't rain. Oh, no. Will he lose to Brock Whose side is he on? I don't know. Fuck Can they off. coexist? Uh, like, also, Ma- like, Brock Lesnar, come the fuck on. Like, ooh. I, I would say, You're like... preaching to the wrong choir, buddy. I love Brock, but don't... <laughs> I'd, I'd like, love it if he killed Roman. He should have had a program with Keith Lee, for God's sake. Big boys. Uh, like, he knew what was up. He had something good. They never did anything, because they're stupid. They turned him into Wildcat. And then, you know... Listen. It's all stupid. WWE. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, no. Do you have a category? I... Uh, yeah, this is my final category. Oh, okay, I have a few more. Stories. And uh, this one just kind of segues into the Wild Pegasus stuff. But Uh-oh. worst person. These are th- <laughs> these are three people that just need to go away. I'm talking. Okay. They need to be erased from wrestling history going forward. Okay. They need to fall off a cliff. No one mourn. No one say anything. Hmm. They need to go. Sure. Coming in at number three is the pedophile Marty Skull. He's well, yeah, he's still around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. He was yeah, wrestling he like, yeah, he was still wrestling uh, some matches in like ROH and stuff. I think it was either ROH or Impact. Okay, but yeah, yeah, like he didn't even have the decency of Joey Ryan to just fucking go. Sure. Now, granted, Joey Ryan got pulled out kicking and screaming, going, I didn't, you know, have sex with that underage girl, Mm -hmm. which the pictures prove otherwise, my dude. Yeah. And uh, Marty has refused and thinks he can just, you know, villain on through it and go away. Go the fuck away. Sure. That's number three. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> Number three is the pedophile. Wow, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Number two, the rapist. <laughs> okay. Michael Gibbons. I, get, I bet the number one is going to be a rapist pedophile. Go ahead. Mike Elgin. I can't believe Mike Elgin's still around. I, I know he does work, but yeah, it's, I haven't heard from that. He dude was in, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he was at the beginning of the year, like still doing stuff. Um,. Mm-hmm. And he started to even, like, slightly come back. Like, people were willing to just be like, oh, well, it was allegations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure, like, through my own detective work, I know who he raped, and that's a shame. I will not, you know, say who it is or anything, yeah. but um, the the thing is, sexual assault and rape did happen. Mike Elgin is absolutely, uh, you know, guilty of that. And then 
Uh, also, earlier this year, he had a domestic dispute with his uh, ex-fiance, which, finally, that seems to be the nail in the coffin. Mike Elgin, the rapist, go away. Mm-hmm. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Now, granted. Rapist pedophile. Go ahead. <laughs> this guy's crimes are not as egregious as uh, Marty and Mike's, but sure. he is the reason that Marty and Mike and people like Joey Ryan are able to do the things that they do and get away with it, which kind of makes them in a category all their own. Mm-hmm. and elevates it, and that is the rapist denier slash cover-upper Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. You need to go the fuck away. This whole boo-hoo, I'm a small bean bullshit, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. No one should buy it. If they do, they are a child, and I would like to dangle car keys in front of your face. Because yeah. that's what you are if you believe anything that Will Ospreay fucking says. Belt looks like Go shit, too, by the way. <laughs> the belt looks like shit. <laughs> Does he off. even have it? I don't think There's so. There's three of them running around, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, NJPW is, is a fucking mess right now. It is a wacko I mess. Mean, and Shingo. Will Ospreay ain't fucking helping. Get that fucking dude out of the picture. No, Jesus. Just like, drop that dude Shingo. like a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah. Shingo whips. I love seeing Shingo she great. Takagi. Yeah. Um, but she, the yeah. fact that... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the fact that they're having to work through this bullshit, and then I'm surprised that every time they have a match with Will Ospreay, like, they Will Ospreay doesn't just, like, slip from their grasp like a bar of soap because of how fucking greasy and dirty he is as a person. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna say Vince McMahon. Because I think once dies, <laughs> I think once he's dead, honestly, things might not be so bad. I mean, I know the shareholders will take over and it'll be a fucking cluster and it'll be terrible, but just it'll be different. It'll yes, exactly. <laughs> it'll be something different, at fucking least. Like the dude killed NXT and is releasing all these fucking mm-hmm. people. Just once this dude is gone, I swear, I I think things will at least be a modicum better. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get ahead of this one. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, um, as a victim of child abuse, just like Vince McMahon was a victim of child abuse, I have a soft spot for him. Mm. But I have to say, my childhood trauma has never caused me to demean, hurt, actively harm, destroy people's livelihoods, cover up a murder, cover up sexual assault, cover-up rapes. It has never made me do any of those things. So, when Vince McMahon... Good job. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh... Bat on the back. Hold on, I have a, a word here for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. I bet it's... The plaque's pretty it's big. Anthony. Can the plaque be very big, <laughs> but really the... Huge. But the, the, the <laughs> trophy is really tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just an upside down version of that fucking Osprey belt. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of hate that belt anyway. But, uh, you know, everyone wants to go whenever someone dies, everyone wants to fucking, well, you got to hand it to him. And I'm not when Vince McMahon dies, I am going to dance on his grave. I am going to do everything that I can, excuse me, everything that I can 
to be a party pooper and really shit on everyone's parade. Because yeah. just because someone's dead does not mean they are a deity. Okay. So, best gear. <laughs> yeah. If you can think of best gear. Best uh, gear. I have, I have a tie. It's between Leo Rush. Because I like his... I don't know what the fuck it is, but it looks cool. It's between Power Rangers uh, onesie. Yeah, yeah. It's between Leo Rush and Hook. <gasps> oh. Because Hook's gear is very, very good. It's perfect. It's It just fits. <laughs> Who has garbage bag pants? <laughs> Who looks like a dime store Jeff Hardy? Uh... I'll say best gear, and this is all time best gear. Uh, oh, Mike okay. Quackenbush. No, I'm kidding. Vern Gagne. It's a tough one. God, there's just so many. Like, yeah. I don't even have an answer just because it's, you know, blowing my mind. Um, well, it's Cody, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, in like she doesn't have the best ring gear, but like her ring gear um, accentuates her as a person, and I would love to see more of her personality. And that's Jamie Hayter. Yeah, she's got um, cool gear. Like I would she, agree with that. you know, comes out with that uh, fur coat. Like I haven't seen anyone in a fur coat in a minute that wasn't like selling ladies. It's hot. It's in Jacksonville. Get all <laughs> gas before the match. Uh, yeah, but I like her gear a lot. Uh, yeah, I like her gear a lot. Um, I mean, as far as like an entrance goes, like a one-off, the Dark Order for the uh ten-man tag against the Elite, where everyone had matching Dark Order slash cowboy gear. Oh amazing. yeah, that's right. That was amazing. amazing. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. best character. I'm gonna let best you character? answer first because I'm gonna be different. <laughs> Probably. So, like, you know, naturally it would, I would naturally say Hangman, because I talked about how much sure. his story has meant, but for someone that connects on a deep down personal level that is beyond description, that is Eddie Kingston. Sure. I went like, with, yeah, I mean, I agree. Ed Eddie... Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I don't even think of Eddie's. I know it is a character, but I don't think of it as it's just who Eddie is. True, you know, it's which is the best kind. Honestly, I I don't hate that. Uh, I went with Miro. <laughs> oh, because oh god, so, yeah, we haven't mentioned Miro at this point, but Miro, oh, Miro turned chicken shit into chicken salad. Like that man. I mean, the best man thing was it was not really going anywhere, but Miro was awesome anyway, so we gave him a pass, and then it yeah. was like. Oh, I'm the Redeemer now. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude. Off to the fucking he races. He just figured that shit out so quick, and it was like, oh, okay, okay, I can do this. M Miro has, so this this is what lets you know that Miro is an extremely intelligent person. Because, like, his English technically is not that good. But I think that's just due to muscle memory and learning another language is, like, difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. 
Uh, but his understanding of the English language is bar none. Yeah. Because in every promo, he knows to say things that are scary, intense, and oftentimes poetic. Yeah. But then he puts in that little bit that makes you laugh. Yeah. He makes you absolutely die laughing. Yeah. He knows how to, like, play to the crowd at the exact right mm-hmm. time. Just enough. Just the smallest amount. Just my, my, you are trying to deny me my hot, flexible <laughs> wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You were just talking about the ending trumpets of the apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Miro. Uh, and then I have Best Theme as my last song. That is so hard because AEW has put out some, got some bangers here lately. Yeah. They've got it better than it was like i i still like i mean yeah. it was good but like now it's like almost everybody's got a good theme now yeah mikey ruckus has knocked it yeah. out of the park fucking mvp mikey ruckus yeah. so like i i'll have two answers to this just because i want to mention this uh-huh. uh and just to mention something from wwe you want to know what my favorite theme of all time is I think we might have been over this, but what is it? It is Tommaso Ciampa's oh. No One Will Survive. Oh, yeah, I I don't like that, but it, I am I am glad you like it. <laughs> um, I like it because it, like, Ciampa in his run against Johnny Gargano uh-huh. came out two times to complete silence. No, I remember that, yeah. Like, no music. But the crowd was, like, baying for his blood. Yeah. And then whenever he came out with, you know, the no one will survive, it was perfect. It was good. It encapsulated everything about that character's arc. Mm -hmm. Real weird. I would have figured you would have liked it because it was like Screamo. Uh, (laughs) Not really. (laughs) That's actually pretty ironic, though, because... Well, ironically, I liked Malachi's NXT uh-huh. theme a lot. The fucking the oh, co- yeah, the code yeah. uh, code orange song because I like code orange, and the, they did that one performance though, which I think is one of the better theme performances that no man yeah. is ever truly good. That thing. And my nope, pick nope. actually is Malachi's current song because yeah, I that oh, song yeah. fucking rules. <laughs> like I heard it live, I was like, oh, this is the best. Um, I like screaming. I just don't like. I don't like new metal. This is a problem. So no one will survive as a little. So, it's not like that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's a little less intense, and I mean it is intense screaming, but the music is not as. Even whenever the violins uh, kick in, you're not a fan. That's the problem. I don't want any violins. What? Come on, Come on. violins and music rules. I like it in music, just not. This is like a total, it's total perfect. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, look, in terms of good themes, Chompas is total. It's, it's like, it's like when people go like, I, I love Randy Orton's original. Hey, nothing you could say. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, yeah, it's a good theme. It's yeah. a dumb song. I would never listen oh, yeah. to it. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing. Like, Chompas thing fits and it's good. I just don't actually like song yeah. by itself whereas malachi's song i would just listen to i'd be like this, this yeah. song rolls 
Yeah. Honorable mention for themes uh, doesn't get played too much, uh, and this mm-hmm. might be out of left field, but uh, I really like Sean Spears' solo theme. I don't think I've heard that. Oh, it's, wait, maybe I've heard it once. I think it was good. I can't remember. Yeah, um, it it's very good. It's a good, like, hip-hop beat, and um, I can't remember much of the lyrics to it, but it, it just goes hard. I nice. really like it. I like the best friends theme. Yeah. But it yeah, kind of sucks because every time they come out, they come out with orange and they just play oranges. I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's not a bad song, but like, I want to hear the that best w- friends theme. That one perfectly encapsulates Orange Cassidy, though. Like, that one's very good. <laughs> I also have a bad subconscious feeling that I'm kind of coming around to MJF's music. And oh, that is it's like very good. It's the most intentionally shitty music, though, that it kind of like goes all the way back around and wins. I'm like, it's kind of banging, though. It's kind of like works, even though it's I think it's the fucking tubas or that. It sounds so dumb, but like. It just works. I don't know why. Yes. Like uh, a lot of the thing of MJF is he's playing a rich character who does not have taste. He, you know, there's a bunch of people that like you've interacted with, you know, probably on the wrong side of the fucking register, um, where you've encountered like a rich person who has like no taste, but more money than Croesus. Yeah. And MJF is like embodying that because he thinks his music is good yeah it's it's he, very fitting because it's it's a guilty pleasure type i i kind of the minute it goes into that wah, 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 thing i'm like this is kind of good i i hate it but it's uh, good <laughs> i tell you who has who does have really good theme music uh that is Wardlow. yeah i like his his is kind of like this archers for me war. yeah like archers i like it um but it has to hit certain parts of the song for me to like it yeah that's like kenny's um, for me like i oh, kenny's man. is it it takes too long to get to the good part so if they cut it it's great like basically once it gets to the are you ready to go are you ready for this the big breakdown that part rules but like the whole in the no, that could you could get rid of that. That's when fine. you see the one wing angel, <laughs> yeah, it's very AMB DBZ nonsense. Dun, 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 dun. I I love it because I'm a sucker for that horseshit. I do <laughs> I do like it. It's just the best part needs to be a little front loaded on the show so I can get to it. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, somebody else has a theme like oh punk's theme his old uh his kill switch theme was like that oh yeah. Like if he doesn't yeah, take yeah, too long to cut cool. come out and they cut it before it gets to the good part it's like why even fucking bother like the song rules mm-hmm. you need to let it get to that part so yeah okay ah good stuff you're in review baby yeah and then next year we'll have you know hook is all five entries and all 10 entries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was told by a certain someone that I am making them dislike Hook because of my enthusiasm, and that's a real bummer to me. That's just the... That's why I disliked Hook to begin with. I didn't dislike him, but I was very... It was the same as Jade. I was very skeptical 
on whether it, like I was like I know y'all are doing the memes, so I'm just gonna wait till he has the actual match to 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 get into this at all. I'm not I'm not playing this game. No, thank you. I'm still kind of <laughs> there. I mean, look, everything's working right now and it's great, but like I'm not about to pretend mm-hmm. he's, you know, God's no, gift I mean, to wrestling. You know? I gotta like, give him a chance. Give him some space. I think it is. I think it is fun to be able to organically, like, even if it's a joke, uh, get in on the ground floor of, like, someone's career. Sure. Um, And Hook is one of those people, like, while AEW has definitely uh, built some of their younger talent, they still came from somewhere. Right. Like, Sammy Guevara still came from, like, Lucha Underground in the Indies, and... Hook is quite possibly, besides like Jade or Anthony Agogo, um, Brock Anderson, um, Shoddy Lee, um, uh, is someone that it, we are getting to see them start out like before our very eyes. And the fact that Hook had this presence, even if it was goofy, like was very fun to me. Yeah. And it's very fun to have, like, someone that you ironically are like, yeah, they're the best, to kind of, like, get under the nerves of other people a little bit. I don't agree with, like, taking it to the hilt. But Anthony, he, um, he no-sold so, that move and killed the business, so the business is dead. Oh, he, We're not even going to have it 2022 because wrestling is over. Hook <laughs> <laughs> killed wrestling. Yeah, it's over. It's all super dead. Rip. <laughs> These were the best matches of the last year of wrestling after Hook killed it by no-selling a Rikishi driver. The most deadly move in history. Rikishi won world titles with that move. (laughs) What's he going to no-sell next? The stink face? Like, come on now. (laughs) So, I know this is, uh, this might be like, you know, kicking a dead horse. (laughs) Beating <laughs> a puppy while it's down. But that's what Hook did I, to wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Hook did to wrestling. <laughs> but I I do want to end with a, 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 a tweet series that I found very funny. The Wild Pegasus? Uh-oh. Um, no, not really. This is probably someone who's 12 years old and doesn't know any better, but they put it... I hope it's not an adult, because if you have this brain, you are very dumb. But it was a WWE stan mm-hmm. who, well. um, if you remember a couple of months ago, there was rumors that NJPW and WWE were going to like start working together. Mm-hmm. Which, that all fell through, it never happened. But there was a tweet that got dug up by a WWE stan account that was a women's uh, stan account. Uh, you know, like, their profile picture was, like, Shotzi and Sasha. I don't, right. I don't you know, remember. But, yeah. you know, one of those. We've seen those in the wild. Yeah, Liv Morgan or one. Baby Liv Morgan <coughs> or whatever the fuck parody account. Yeah. Fucking nonsense. Go ahead. And uh, their, their tweet was... WWE and New Japan are working together. Imagine all of the classic women's matches that are going to happen. All of the women mm. from WWE that are going to work with the New Japan the women. The New Japan women, yeah. Everybody knows about them. Like, uh... Uh-huh. Uh... Uh... Oh, 
Kadakun? Uh... <laughs> Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, uh, there is, there are women in New Japan. There was that one bunny lady who came out with the uh, uh-huh. evil, I think, right? Yeah, Los yeah. Nobles. Imagine. Yeah, she's a woman. Yeah. She probably wrestles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. the The New Japan women's division is very strong. It's huge, yeah. If you so, think would you like to explain the joke to the folks at home, Anthony? <laughs> My mom is listening, going, "What the hell are they talking about?" So, New Japan, uh, pro wrestling, uh, they are specifically a men's... Yeah, they don't have any women. ...of wrestling. (laughs) Like, so, because in Japan there is a thriving Joshi scene, you know, women's wrestling scene, there are different companies that are exclusively for women. And this isn't, like, an exclusionary thing. It isn't like they're just separate for different reasons. They're separate yeah. because they each have a viable business model going forward. Because, like, let's be serious. Over here in America, there is a serious misogyny problem. Where yeah, and a lack of women in the audience as well. Like, women don't watch wrestling near as much as men do. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I've been noticing the trend change a lot. Like, if you notice. Mm-hmm. Um, several of the last AEW shows, there were little girls in the front row. I'm talking like 10, 11 year olds who were like losing their shit. So it is getting there. And I really want to see that because wrestling is for everybody. Um, Except for the bad people (laughs) who Mm -hmm. do like, you know, misogyny shit. Like, you know, that, real bad shithead who had the son. I yeah. hope he is uh Minecraft in a gutter somewhere. I was um, glad they kicked him out, but yeah. Absolutely. Because that was another thing, like, yes, AEW drops the ball on certain things, uh, and they don't do great all the time. But it is good to see that they held up their end of the bargain whenever they say at the beginning of every show that you will not say bigoted things. You will not be a shithead. Yes, you can interact with the heels, but there is a vast difference between going, boo, I hate MJF, he sucks, um, or even saying fuck you to MJF. You can be crass to someone, but when you are doing it based on their gender their gender identity, um, their race or anything, that's the fucking line. Yeah. You cannot do that. Like, you, you, you can do that, but expect to get kicked out. Expect to, like, be shouted down. Expect yeah. to have repercussions. And it was yeah. good to see AEW follow up on. Them. And so that's the good note. Uh, the shithead got kicked out and wrestling, uh, is safe for another two days before Hook has killed wrestling. So we have two more days of wrestling, everybody. Uh, he's not wrestling this weekend. Uh, no, 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 but he killed the business. Oh, I see what you're saying until the year rolls over. I I see. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was nice enough to let everyone, you know, get some time. Yeah, I, well, I think what'll happen is Taz is going to do the analysis, um, <laughs> and so he's going to analyze like 
look, this is how you beat the Rikishi driver. You just don't sell it because the business is all fake. <laughs> and then everybody will be like, well, it's dead. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Taz, just no context, posting pictures of him smoking cigars is also very fucking... (laughs) He's a funny guy. Okay. Love him. Well, that's a wrap-up for 2021. We'll see you next year. We'll we'll return back in the past with uh, regularly scheduled... Well, no one uh, will know it. Nobody knows it was in the past. It's fine. (laughs) Well, no, it's in the future. Okay. Uh, Are you... Are you feeling what I'm feeling, Bert, right now? The feelings? What? (laughs) What are we talking about? (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, neither did Brock. Um. (laughs) Brock Anderson? (laughs) Yep, it was Brock Anderson, another killer of the business. Push push Brock Anderson. Yes, unironically, push Brock Anderson. Push him into uh, Malachi. <laughs> the bus saw that is Malaga. Okay. I mean, right now, push, uh, you know, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. into him because maybe Malaga can kick some sense into that man before it's too late. Next week. All right. Yep. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Bye.